Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Howdy, and thanks for downloading the Sun Ranto Show. Uh, my name's Danny Rocket. I am one of the hosts of this here podcast uh, slash TV show. And uh, I, what I wanted to mention is that this is totally brought to you by 92 Cubs fans and Sun Ranto fans that are our Patreon subscribers. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get early and ad-free listening of all of our shows. For example, uh, the show that you're listening to right now that was recorded days ago, and uh, sometimes it can take as much as a week for me to put these other ones out because I get busy. And you know why? Because I got to work, because I don't have any money, and I need to make money, and you can help me make money at which points we could get these shows out a little bit faster and earlier. So uh, if you want to support uh, Sunranto, Tickets and Beer, there's no time like the present. There's perks at every level. You go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash Sunranto. You get your own RSS feed. It's got our show notes. I put out the music there. I put out links to private videos. I mean, there's all sorts of things that you get. Extra special. You get to join the Sun Ranto Super Ranters page on Facebook. Uh, you know, it's just a good deal for everybody. It's only a dollar a month. I mean, damn it. It's a freaking dollar, people. Give it to us. One dollar a month, $12 a year. You can pay all at once. Just do the $12 and don't worry about it till next year. Patreon.com slash Sun Just do it. Thank you. Here's the show. Kobe blue blood flowing through our veins Sitting in the bleachers in the rain We shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game Let's go Kobe Sorrento With Michael Sorrento And Crawley Sorrento and the love of a loser Sorrento With Michael Sorrento And Crawley Sorrento and the love of a loser Sorrento I mean, uh, n- nice, nice work on that. But why are you taking a breath in between Sun and Ranto? Uh, I, I don't understand what's what's going on. You got COVID or something? Like, you know, are you short of breath? Do you have a headache? Can you t- can you taste and smell, Michael? I can taste and smell, Michael, and it's not good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, your wife texts me that sometimes. She's like, he's just in here. Oh God. Yes, um, even even when I'm not tasting him, I can taste him. It's terrible. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. This is a very special Sun Ranto Show. We had a little technical difficulty, so we're starting a couple of minutes late here. Uh, but, Crawley, you got it all figured out. You're, you're, you're looking good. You're, you're, looking, uh, you're, you're looking a little bit uh, you know, more chipper than you were maybe a couple days ago uh, when uh, we got that terrible news about 
Theo Epstein stepping down, and and uh, and also later on we got Gordon Whitmire. So that's something to be happy about. Yeah, Gordo. Gordo's coming on talking Cubs, um, but uh, he'll he'll be along shortly. But uh, let's. I want to start here, Crawley. You know how you feeling about like, you get a couple days have passed since we talked about the Theo thing. Uh, how is it sitting with you right now? Uh, you know, look, man, you know me, man. I can't be kicked down for too long before I get up and start drinking a beer. Um, you know, it's, it's a disheartening fucking situation. That's all you can say, because look, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where Jed's walking into, like I said, none of what's going to happen in the future is Jed's fault. And the writing's on the wall very clearly that this team is going to be going through some kind of rebuild, and it's not going to well, be pretty. Well, don't hey, don't, don't sell him short. I mean, I'm sure the guy can screw up just like everyone else. He may mess <laughs> it all up in the near future. It, we'll it, see. It, it, we could definitely get a reckoning. Uh, the one thing that I f- felt was kind of funny as I was you know, took a walk by the lake uh, yesterday, and I was uh, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, when Theo was hired. It, you know, there was a lot of pomp and circumstance to it. You know what I mean? It was, it, you know, it was the big press conference. Everybody was so excited. You know, Hoyer's been around. And so, you know, it, there really was no pomp or circumstance. Like, Jed didn't really say anything. Like, it's just like, all right, you got the job. You did it before. You'll be fine. You know, so it's like we didn't get, you know, we kind of missed out on that, like, big fun announcement, you know, oh, who's the new guy and what's he going to do? Because we kind of already know, you know. Well, they're going to be doing a Zoom meeting, uh, another Zoom press conference with uh, with Jed Hoyer, okay? So I went back and I watched the entire um, press conference again. And our guest tonight, Gordon Wittenmeyer, he actually asked about, you know, is that role going to be filled of GM or is that just going to be something if, if money's an issue – are we going to just sit here and uh, not fill that role and, and, and not have to worry about salary? Now, again, nobody's going to be, you know, Theo is one of the highest paid executives in the game. So, I mean, obviously you're not going to hire a GM, you know, for $10 million a year, but if, if, if we're supposed to be reading the tea leaves and how bad things look right now, you know, is there really a point in hiring somebody when you do have a lot of people in that front office? Yeah. Well, let's bring on uh, somebody who's smarter than all of us uh, in, in uh, terms of, all this stuff. He's he is a Cubs insider over at uh, NBC Sports Chicago, uh, the the former beat writer for the Sun Times, uh, and here in Chicago uh, covered the team for many many years. And I really uh, love the fact that he's uh, willing to come on our silly little show and talk some comes with us for a little bit. Um, here he is, Mr. Gordon Wittenmeyer. Welcome, Gordon, to the Sun Ranto Show. Hey guys, how are you doing? Uh, sorry, I'm late. I, I had a little technical difficulty trying to. Trying to get onto the onto the site. It's we actually have, been all all three of us have had technical difficulties leading into it as well. So you're just part of the team now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this show has been ridden with it already, and we're only eight minutes in. So it's, <laughs> it's but uh, but welcome. Um, so thanks. hey, uh, th- thanks for coming on. And uh, you know, I got first. I got to tell you, I'm really enjoying so much the interchange between you and David Kaplan <laughs> on that podcast. Because, you know, it, it, I, I always feel like I, I feel like at some point, like somebody's going to throw something across the room at the other guy. Like it's, <laughs> it's got such a beautiful. You like, know, if we were actually in the same room, you might have something there. Because uh, 
he pushes my buttons all the time, and I know he does it on purpose, but uh, I can't help myself sometimes. Hey, we would be remiss if we didn't wish Kaplan a happy birthday. He turned 60 today, so happy birthday, Cap. Yeah. I know he's probably having a nice bourbon or something right now, not watching us, but but yeah, great guy and, and you us. great guy and you guys just have absolutely great chemistry Gordon. Yeah, he's a, he's a great dude. We've been friends for a long time. I am glad uh, I'm glad to finally have a chance to work with him. It's been it's been a great experience. Yeah, it's and you can tell too that there is that history between you guys. Uh, you you know when you're busting each other's balls and stuff, it's like, you know, I'm sure you clean it up for the pod, but like, you Not know, always. Not always. <laughs> <laughs> and and we genuinely disagree on this stuff um it's and, oh and we those, can tell yeah none of those uh <laughs> none of those verbal fireworks are uh are manufactured <laughs> yeah it's it's absolutely such great entertainment because uh, you know if people like each other too much it, it you know it's not entertaining that's why i have michael cotton and crawley on the show because they can't stand <laughs> each other and i'm like, I just, <laughs> like ding ding like jerry springer like yeah, go at it fellas let's talk about the th um so, uh, no, but I did want to ask you, like, so you sometimes a beat writer, many years covering the team. Now you switch over to TV uh, and, and also still writing, obviously, mm-hmm. for NBC Sports Chicago on the website. Um, so what prompted that decision and, and why did you feel like the, you wanted to make a move over and do something different and, and somewhere else? Yeah, the big thing was it was just a chance to do some different things. Uh, I'd been, uh, what, how many years? 13. 13 years, I think, uh, at the Sun-Times on the Cubs beat. And uh, this was an opportunity to branch out more in terms of uh, column writing, um, maybe, uh, you know, a, a little bit less of the of the nuts and bolts details, do, do a little TV. Um, you know, Cap and I have the, the podcast. It was just a chance to do more things. Just it was to, it was that podcast out. money that drew you in. That's right? it. It was like, you know, you guys probably know that's that's where the big bucks are. Oh that's yeah, why we do it. True, true story. True story. I was going to Colorado, where uh, you know I was going to watch the Cubs and Rockies, and and I was going to visit with Michael Cotton, say hello to him in the stands with this wonderful family, and who is boarding the plane? Right in front of me, maybe three rows over, is Gordon Winmeyer. And I'm like, if nobody sits next to him, I'm just going to get up and talk Cubs the whole time. <laughs> and, and I think that probably drove him from the beat. Yeah, we would have had a cap moment had you done that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, how much to upgrade to first class where this guy gets next to me? <laughs> Keep yeah, the riff Gordon, out. Gordon's looking for that middle seat somewhere. <laughs> yeah, He's anyway. <laughs> you know, that – that that um that interview, the the press conference with Theo, you know, Cap did come on this show also, and he talked about even you know a month ago, like I don't think Theo's going to stick around the whole time. Yeah. Was it shocking to you at all, or did you kind of see it coming? Well, um, Cap had talked to somebody back in uh, what about a week into October, and and uh, was told that Theo is uh, very strongly considering stepping away a year early, and that he was going to talk to Tom about that, and then Theo had his well I guess it was it had to have been before the fifth because I think the fifth was when Theo did his post-mortem for the season so it must have been just two days before that right after the season ended but anyway uh, so Theo addressed that on that call as you might remember and he said there's no plans for that right now but he didn't dismiss it out of hand and he talked about the whole Bill Walsh 10-year thing and uh, why you know, what, what, what was going on with the team right now. And it, so he laid out basically the landscape that cap had already laid out. And, and so um, in talking to some people in the organization, 
I knew that Cap was not wrong, that, that, that this was not, not that Theo was necessarily going to step away, but this was going to be a very real discussion. But by the time it happened, I had been getting signals that, and, and, and clearly that they were signals from people that didn't know what was going on more deeply behind the scenes, but that, okay, Theo's, uh, committed to being here through October. Theo's operating as though he's going to be here through the GM meetings. Well, I knew, I knew his contract was basically the end of October. That's where, that's where the beginning of each year begins on these, on these front office contracts, his included. Um, and so I thought, well, if there's a, a full year to go, that's going to start November 1st. So if he's still here in November, maybe that signals that he's going to still be here through the year. So I had lulled myself into thinking that, Maybe he was going to be around for the last year. And then so in that regard, it it did surprise me. Um, But because we'd had kind of a warning that it could be coming, it wasn't a complete shocker. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. Uh, You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Right. Yeah. yeah. You- so when you're when you're dealing with people and asking them about these things and trying like Cubs insider information, right? How do you deal with it when it doesn't come out the way that you're finding it? You know what I mean? You, like you when, mean, when you talk to people and they give you information that's not great information. Well, well, to be, to, I mean, to to be fair, I wasn't getting told things that like like people weren't telling me things they thought were rock solid. They were just giving me the signals that they thought were coming their direction within within the walls of the front office. So I'm just not sure how many how many people knew in in a firm way that this was going to go down when it did. Um, I I do. Everybody knew that something was afoot and that it could happen. And, and, And Jed had already been taken on more of the the workload um at that level so um again not a huge surprise it was going to be a transition year anyway it was going to be a year where jed transitioned to more of the uh top top authority role anyway even if theo had hung around um but uh it, it kind of makes sense when you hear him describe what went into his thinking it, it does kind of make sense if that's going to be the case anyway step aside now because they've worked together for nine years. I mean, that's nine years of, of the Theo Jed transition already. Right. Uh, well, uh, yeah. What do you think of what Danny was saying earlier, not finding a different set of eyes because well, they, it's a different set of eyes, but these guys are close. Right. And, and you could look for one thing, let's say that, let's say that Jed's not, the ideal fit for this. Just for the sake of argument, let's say that the better move would be to go outside the organization for, for the next competitive window. There's so much crap going on right now between where the roster stands, how many guys they're going to have to move, what the economic landscape looks like, the uncertainty of when spring training might even start or what spring training might look like. So uh, in some ways, a guy that already knows 
the, the team inside and out, the organization inside and out, who's got to kind of go through all this bullshit already. Can I say that, by the way? Oh, oh yeah. You can say whatever. Yeah. 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 Hey, Everyone. man, this is the ranters. <laughs> okay. Um, th- then, you, you know, you might as well. You know, and he, and he has run a front office before. He won 90 games in San Diego uh, one of those two years. And he, he uh, had some guys in the farm system that came through and became pretty good major leaguers. So let him do it. Worst case scenario is you have to go through this crap transition period anyway. And Jed knows the landscape inside and out of this team um, and everybody in that front office. You're not going to you're not going to wholesale turn the thing over right now. And, and, and what are you going to do? Buy out you buy out Jed's contract for next year and, and get rid of him. Um, you could just hire somebody over the top of them, obviously. Um, but let him. Well, do the, Cub, the Cubs well, aren't hiring anybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, and that's the question. Do you think, I, I mean, we're, we're all, but we were speculating on Tuesday night right after the, the press conference about why he might have chosen. And there's the, you know, people are saying politics. He kind of like put the, uh, the kibosh on that. But I, I'm, I'm wondering like that, t- that uh, $10 million, you wrote about it a little bit at NBC. Um, um, I actually got a clip of it. And this clip yeah. is, is, is great here. So yeah. I got a clip yeah. from the press conference. And so the first clip you're going to hear is Theo talking and he mentions the money and, and Gordon, you know, about the layoffs. I mean, some of those guys like Carl Rice, like I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Like, some of them are just shocking to me. And then it, Carl Rice is one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I sat there. And so we were talking about how in the postmortem press conference, when Theo was talking about the layoffs, he got choked up. Yeah. He, exactly. he literally got choked up about it. And so here's Theo talking a little bit about the money. If we run into technical issues, I'll drop out. But we'll, uh, we'll second, yeah, this summer it became clear the extent to which uh, COVID was going to stress um, our business and our people. Um, and it's affected every, every business in the sports world and, and really across the country generally. Um, but due to those stresses, we, we were going to be facing a challenge of, of having to allocate uh, some temporarily reduced resources in, in a way that would allow us to move forward and be successful. And had I decided to come back in, in 2021, that would have made that challenge um, even more difficult. So, so do you think that it was just like, hey, I don't want to deal with what this 2021 season will look like because we got the reduced resources. I did not sign up for this garbage, Tom. Like, you know, hey, open up the pocketbook because I'm not doing this if you're not going to buy me any players and we can't replenish the rotation or, you know, go after DJ LeMahieu or whatever it would be. Yeah, DJ LeMahieu, that's a whole other story. <laughs> I told you if you brought it up, Gordon would, <laughs> Gordon could do a whole podcast on DJ. Yeah, seriously. Um, no, I don't think that was the primary uh, rationale behind this. But he knew he was out in a year anyway uh, by his own volition. He knew that five years ago when he signed the, the five-year extension. Um, and so I, I do think that a, a lot went into – well, what am I what am I going to get accomplished if I stick around? It's a massive transition time. Um, it, it, this, this might be the better time to step away and I can free up 10 million dollars. I know that went into his thinking before that press con- conference ever started. I know I know that he had brought that up before um, in, in, in this process. So that's why I wanted to get a better handle on how big of a, a factor that was. Look, they laid off. Over 100 people. So let's, let's just call it 100. 
you take that $10 million and, and, and Crawley, I think you mentioned it's not, it's, it's not a net 10 million, but, but let's just call it 10 million for a minute. hundred people, 10 million, that's a hundred thousand dollars. A lot of those layoffs were people making a lot less than a hundred thousand um, dollars. Basically, roughly speaking, if 75% of that is what the net value of him walking away is, you could pretty much have avoided those layoffs or close to it. If that's where you chose to reallocate the money, if you were, if your decision as ownership was to, to keep that money, I guess, I guess spent for lack of a better word. If you, if you were, if your choice was, we'd rather spend that money and have Theo, um, we don't mind spending that money to have Theo. Okay. Theo wants to walk away from that money. Let's save these jobs over here then. And they didn't do that. And Theo said that this decision was made over the summer. The the vast majority of these layoffs came after that. um, At least when they informed these people, they could have avoided that. And, and they didn't. And that's what my question to Tom Ricketts was. If you're recouping this money, where's it going? Yeah, we have that question. I, I'm glad you brought that up. We well, got the all day editing. In, in I, I was editing all day today, Gordon, and I have the clip and the look on Tom Ricketts face. Yeah. If if daggers could be seen through the screen, this this is beautiful. The and look so, was a hell of a lot better than the answer. <laughs> well, we'll give you both here. Here we go. Yeah, the look- a, uh, re- uh, related questions for both Tom and Theo. Um, Tom. Um, Without getting, I know you, we can't really get into specifics on this, but could you give us a sense of, of whether all or or a portion of that final year on Theo's contract is being recouped, and how that might be redirected within the organization, especially you know in the wake of of, of these layoffs and, and some um, payroll cutting that that we uh, uh, already have pretty good ideas coming, and then and then Theo was that part of uh, the the thinking toward what the Cubs could get out of this um, kind of kind of recouping a little bit of that and, and kind of helping uh, through these times. Yeah, I can take a first crack at that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be here in 2021, so I won't be paid in 2021, which is, which is appropriate uh, and, and the right thing. Um, and, and uh, you know, look, that was a small part of the equation. I think as you know, the world changed this summer for everybody. And um, as we sat and, and, and sort of sorted through what that meant for our short-term challenges, uh, because the Cubs in the long run are in great shape uh, with, with tremendous resources and, and, you know, thriving baseball operations. As Tom said, we're going to be competitive every year, but of course with the world changing, it, it, it creates some short-term challenges and, you know, it was a small part of the equation as I looked at it, um, is that, you know, the, some of the math is a little bit easier. It's a little bit better position for the Cubs uh, uh, with me not being here. But, you know, the primary driver is just, look, we're at a period of, we're in a period of transition. There are a lot of important decisions to be made that, that will have long-term consequences. Jed is ready, willing, and able to make those decisions along with our, our talented front office. And that made the timing right. So it was part of it, but not a primary driver. You know, and, uh, and, and, and Tommy, yeah, from my standpoint, I would just say the money had nothing to do with it. But, but will, will it help you reallocate and, and, and uh, help some of that process along? 
Um, I mean, ultimately, uh, those resources stay in the organization. So in, in that respect, yes, but it really had nothing to do with uh, you know, what you're seeing today. <laughs> yeah, Tom, Tom did not look happy. I mean, he gave you, I mean, that was like, it, it was what, it wasn't a one word answer, but it was like three. It's like, that had nothing to do with it. That had nothing to do with well, yeah. That money will stay in the organization. Uh, I yeah. took that to mean somebody's yeah. wallet. <laughs> right. Stay in the organization like it's going to go to, you know, paying for the hotel Zachary. The family or, trust and, uh, you know, I believe Todd wants a book for Christmas. Is yeah, that right, Danny? Todd, uh, well, there's book. also a there's also a Georgia Senate race that uh, could could swing uh, power <laughs> yeah. in the Senate. <laughs> well, it's I mean it, it was a interesting. I mean, because we all thought it, it immediately. It's like okay, there's an extra ten million bucks that they can now. I mean, obviously, it's not necessarily for the player payroll because you still got you know the luxury tax and all that stuff to deal with but you know as far as like maybe hiring back some of those scouts that got let go there's the gentleman who scouted in the dominican i forget his name right now but you know it seems like you know those would be really important positions to fill back up you know at this point and if theo was stepping aside for that reason uh you know it it would be um nice to get some of that talent back uh do you do you uh, just in your opinion do you think that they will be making phone calls to some of those people that they no. just go over there. No, you think no. that? No. Why, why wouldn't he have said it then? Yeah. That, that would have been the easy answer and he would have looked like a hero. Right. Yeah. So clearly True. they're not doing it. Yeah. And, yeah. and so they're no. putting that money somewhere else, probably to cover their biblical losses. Right. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, I love that. Leviticus, I believe. Where that <laughs> you take these guys to task on what they're doing with their money and paying attention to what's really happening and not because they're, I don't know. They, they, they've been poor. They, they sold their company for 26 billion and they've been poor ever since. And it's hard, (laughs) it's hard to imagine how that works. Yeah. And it's amazing. If you talk to some people down in St. Louis, apparently baseball is not very profitable either. So, (laughs) you know, you know, they couldn't have been making much money since they bought this team. No, it's, it's, um, Look, I understand business and I understand uh, trying not to operate at a loss. And, and uh, but they're long term. And by long term, I don't mean 10 years long term. I mean, just the other side of this pandemic, whenever that is. I mean, we do have some news on some vaccines. Uh, and even if you take the long range projections on that, you know, by the end of next year, maybe we start to, to, to realize some return to some sense of normalcy. So there might, there's going to be at least one more, but maybe only one more uh, sort of compromised season to get through when it comes to revenues. They've already mitigated some of their overhead with, with layoffs and they're going to have some steep payroll cuts. So, so there will be that, they probably will incur losses, the two years of losses after a decade of record revenue, not only in the sport, but disproportionately compared to some of the sport here. Yep. And that championship was worth a lot of money to that family. So um, they have made a lot of money that they wouldn't have otherwise made in the last 10 years. And there's more coming on the other side of this, whether it's in 2022, 2023. Now there will be some losses in between, but there's nobody more equipped to take the loss in the short term 
than the the billionaires with the three point two billion dollar franchise. And by the way, I don't know if you guys saw the news today on the on the national landmark status. Yeah, yep. that's not common. There's only about twenty five hundred of those in the country compared to or, uh, compared to around ninety thousand plus historical sites. And the difference is a hell of a lot of tax breaks for yep. one thing. So they're going to recoup some more of of their losses just through that. Uh, wh- whatever tax year that winds up being on. And supposedly some of the, the billion or so that, that they say they put into uh, renovations at the ballpark over the last however many years may qualify this. I'm no, I'm no tax expert or anything, but I read somewhere where they, they might get uh, a, a, some relief on some of that that was spent years ago. Yeah, they'll get a rebate for, yeah, for I guess for you know backfiling or however you can do that carryover losses or yeah. Right, with, right. I don't think we have a single tax person on the show, but uh, <laughs> but no, that's none, what I read. None of us make enough money to understand how to do that. Care, yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I read that as well, and you know I, I suppose that gets folded back into the organization as well. Whatever you know, that's not going to end up on the payroll. But yeah, yeah. So. And that's where we get frustrated. Is we we talk about they're just thinking so short term right now. Now, there's cuts all over baseball. There's very talented baseball cuts all over the country. Right. And but when I'm talking about baseball, there's great scouts, great everything that you could get. And if you can weather the storm again, Oakland can't weather it like the Cubs can or Kansas City can't weather it like the Cubs can. The Cubs can. So you have pickings of just the greatest base, a lot of great talent. And they're going to just not do anything, not grab it. They're not going to bring back the guys they even had. And that's what bothers us is that you could put yourself in a good position, like you said, when this is over, with a whole bunch of talent because the Cubs have suffered a lot of brain drain. They've lost a lot of people. Win Bull, Venable just went to third. Um, Will went Venable, to Boston. Baker. Yeah, and, and, and Baker just left. And there's been a brain drain for the years that Theo's been here. But now you have a chance to recoup some of those really good minds and get some fresh eyes, and they're not going to do it. And uh, how about how, how about the players? How about the roster? Um, you know, it, there's. I heard you guys talking on the Cubs talk po- podcast. Has been floating around there as a, a dude on the bubble. Uh, Kyle Schwarber being mm-hmm. a possible non-tender candidate. Even Chris Bryant, you know, being floated. You know, with the oh, he'll only you know he'd get eighteen million in free agent or whatever it is because of the injuries. But like, do you, and now we're hearing all these rumors also about just like a total roster turnover, whereas like we were going to thread the needle. Yeah. Well, that total roster turnover, that's nothing different than what Theo said in early October in the postmortem. That, that, that stuff is, he said that that might happen then. I mean, there there are going to be names that, uh, you know, familiar names around here that, that, that they move. He also said it a year ago. Yeah. And the year before that, when the year author, before that, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, how, is this a boy who cried wolf situation to you? But I mean, Theo's not gone. anymore. Not anymore. Cause he's gone. So well, th- not, not, not because yeah. of that, because of the economy, uh, because uh, one of the reasons they were able to stand pat last year, for instance, was because they had the trade deadline coming up. They knew that, uh, you know, they were, they were at that, they were second, second year at the luxury tax threshold, but they also knew that if they got off to a slow start, they could get themselves under the luxury tax threshold in 2020 by trading off a couple of a, a couple of uh, big big salaries, and then and then all hell broke loose. So they got stuck. Now now they're stuck in a bad economy. Um, so that's where the non tender uh, shockers could come into play because th- there's a much stronger mandate now from above to get under, and you can't count on there being 
you, well, you can't even count on there being a trade deadline, much less what a market might be. Uh, and, and there's no, not much of a market right now for some of these. The, the one thing you have going for you is that these are, you know, wh- where we might have said a year ago, you had a higher value, certainly on Chris Bryant because he was coming off a good year, but you also had two years of club control and what looked like a normal market. You could have probably done something there that you can't do now. But on the other hand, being a one-year asset is not necessarily a bad thing in a bad market because if you can take him on or, or if there's a, some, some shared obligation on, on, the, on the cost of that one year, um, you can it, – it's a little more finite of a, of a math equation for anybody that might wonder where they're going to be at the end of next season with their own finances. So this is true story right here. Uh, you know, I know Gordon, you've been around for a long time, uh, you know, with the Sun Times beat writer. Uh, this had to have been CubsCon 2010. Okay. And what ends up happening is my buddy met a female acquaintance and needed the hotel room. So he gave me his credit card and said, just stay at Kitty O'Shea's till the, till they, <laughs> till they kick you out. So I'm sitting in Kitty O'Shea's, you know, and by the time at a certain point, it's pretty, pretty vacant. In rolls in Jim Hendry and all the beat writers. This, this was you and, and Sully and Gonzo. And just, it was so fun. I was just like a fly on the wall, just very kind of just peeking in there. How different was it, you know, you experienced having Hendry and then Theo? Those are just two different <laughs> types of characters, man. Uh, yeah. In many ways, you couldn't get more different. Um, I mean, they're both good guys in their own way. They both have real sharp senses of humor in their own way. They both like to drink in their own way. Um, uh, but man, you talk about different personalities and, and it, and primarily different working relationship. Like you could call, you call Hendry up any, any time, um, and, and just say, Hey, I'm working on this story. Um, am I going down the right path on this? He's well off the record, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and he, but he, but he pick up the phone and he, and he talked to you, um, you know, nine times out of 10, you'd be able to get him. Theo's much, much tougher. I mean, you, you, you call him, maybe he picks it up. Maybe he doesn't. He's more of a techer and um, you got to be a little more specific with him. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's less, less of a, I mean, he's not, he's not bad to work with by any means, but it's a much, much different, uh, slightly more formal, uh, process to, to work with him. Um, yeah, Henry was one of the last of a breed. <laughs> I remember him taking full blame for Milton Bradley. He should have. That was a horrible <laughs> move. It was his fault. Everybody else in baseball knew what he was getting except him. Well, and and uh, Hendry's uh, lasting legacy is, uh, you know, you got Javi uh, mm-hmm. in the last year of his contract. You got Wilson Contreras, who was highly rumored just because of the cut. Well, b- at both positions, catching and shortstop, there's a fair amount of depth on the team. So, uh, you know, everybody, I, I know Javi was kind of on the bubble to be moved a few times throughout the last bunch of years. Um, is this the year, the year that they finally end up doing that um uh, you know or do you and the second part of my question is who would you build around for yeah, see, the see, next five years that's the question right look first of all hobby was on the block year after year basically until joe showed up and joe went to to uh winter ball and watched him play and came back and said oh we, we got to keep this guy this guy is special 
He's raw as hell, but this guy's special. He's going to do some things for us. So that changed the dynamic and how the organization viewed him as a long-term asset for one thing. And then we saw that. We saw that. We saw him emerge. Now Joe's gone. Theo's gone. Um, and, and they're at a, at a point of deep cuts. Um, he was the guy that they targeted last year for extension talks. And, you know, they got reasonably close. They got some parameters in place. And I think they felt like they had time over the course of the year to work through that. And then the, and then the pandemic hit. Now the economics are different. Uh, I, I, I don't know right now where that would stand, but it seems to me that he's still the guy you would want to build around. And, and, and part, of, part of the rationale for this, I, you know, Bryant's the highest price guy. And he's probably not going to sign an extension. I think that's uh, I think that's uh, a ship that sailed a long time ago, and and so moving his salary off the roster when you've already got probably a net of thirty to thirty five million coming off the roster um, in in expired salaries and free agents and everything that probably gets you to what I would imagine is the realistic point they want to cut down to. And then everything else can be a dollar for dollar exchange of, you know, somebody moves, you can add somebody, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, could any of these other pieces be moved? Absolutely. No question. Uh, would there be a demand for hobby? Sure. Okay, sure. But keep this in mind. Lindor is also on the trade market. And, and, if, and if you're another team, he's just as attractive as hobby. Sure. Um, and now you look at next year's free agent market. It might be the greatest shortstop free agent market in history. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to trade assets for Javi with the hope that I sign him to an extension, which is going to cost me maybe what it would cost me a year from now, by the way, when I'll have more money because we might be on the other side of the pandemic. And there's going to be a ton of shortstops to choose from, including maybe Javi. Why would I do that? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so the market is going to be limited by those forces already. Now they might find a buyer. They might find a package that works, you know, uh, n nothing's off the table, but I just find that a longer shot than some of the others. And this is literally your most popular player. Kids love this guy. Yeah. And not only that, Gordon, you have a network. Now you have a network that you just can't roll out what you rolled out in Thank 2012. You. Absolutely. That's a big part of this. I, I didn't even go down that road, but that's absolutely a big part of this. In fact, didn't we hear at Cubs convention um, that they were, they have a hobby cam for God's sake, right? <laughs> for marquee. They got right. the, the, the camera in the, in the ground that focused on the shortstop position. Um, so you're already marketing this guy with your new network. Kids are already walking all over town with his jersey. They love him. I got neighbors who, who's the last few years that they're getting a little older now, but these neighbors love him. He was their favorite player from day one. Is he? He has a street, right? Didn't he get a street right oh, after the yeah, World that's Series? Right. That's right. He's got a street named after him. You can't trade <laughs> this guy. I got to have a street. I got to ask you, Gordon, and this is a question that's been this is why Dempsey still in the organization because there's a because he's got a street. Yeah. Right. The question. I think I think we're losing uh, Crawley a little bit. What happened? I, I I said I think we're losing I Crawley for you, and this is and now that they finally have it. Yeah, Crawley's having a, a couple internet uh, 
issues right now. I don't think he knows that he is. But yeah. uh, let, I'll, let's throw it, I'll, I'll give him a marquee comment. Um, yeah. I'll give him a marquee prediction. I bet they boo marquee again at Cubs. Cubs. Well, they won't boo him this year, right? They, oh, they, oh I, I, I got a sound drop for that, Gordon. T- Tom's what? right on that one. Yeah. I've, I've got it. You know, I, I need a sound drop for that. Um, no, I, I think they will. He said they wouldn't be booning it here. I, I do. I, well, I, they won't be because there's no won't because we don't we, we they won't even give us the opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Um, but let, let me ask you another question uh, about uh, your recent uh, Cy Young Award vote when, yeah. uh, you know, you and let me put up what you said in your article on NBC Sports. Um, and this is your comparison, comparison and contrast for mm-hmm. why you voted for you, Darvish. You have the last uh, line of that column. I do. I do have it. I it's, uh, Darvish made 12 starts, uh, Bauer 11. Uh, and, and so there's, there's already that they had the two head to head matchups. They pretty much matched each other. They each won one Bowers had Bowers starts were against worst teams three in the AL Central that didn't make an or NL Central that didn't make the playoffs. Half of his games uh, were against teams that didn't make the playoffs. Um, and then of Darvish's 12 starts, uh, you know, only two were against teams that didn't make the playoffs uh, that he had, a, would have had a 0.69 ERA. And um, in the 10 starts nice. against, yeah, thank you. I, I set <laughs> Sorry, that up. I had to get in there. Um, in, in ten starts against uh, playoff uh, qualifying opponents, he went six and three with a two twenty nine, one point oh two, and then you go on to say, uh, and the two and this the two best lineups in either Central Division belong to the Twins and White Sox. Bauer did not face the Twins, but he faced the 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 uh, Sox once and he lost in a low scoring game, but he pitched well. Darvish beat the Sox twice, and that was a that was a tough. That was a tough offense. The what the no White doubt. put up a lot of runs against the Cubs, uh, and uh, and he but he lost to the Twins, and he allowed a season high four runs in six innings, um, none from the third through the sixth though. Without that twin start, Darvish would have had the 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 uh, better ERA with as many starts as Bauer, and Darvish also beat the Cardinals twice, and Bauer didn't even face him, and they came in second. So yeah. You know, I I do want to. I mean, obviously, you think that was a bit of a mistake. Why, why do you think that they gave it to Darvish or to Bauer over uh, you, Darvish? Uh, because if you looked at uh, if you just looked at sheer numbers, uh, Bauer had the better numbers. Yeah, and I think I, I think that um, when you uh, if you're out on the coasts and you have that vote, and you're looking at these guys, you might come to the same conclusion um, that I started with that. Darvish and Bauer are the top two guys. And then once you start just looking at the numbers without digging too deep, you know, Bauer led the league in ERA. That's, that's going to be number one in a lot of people's minds. He had, I think he had more strikeouts and fewer innings. Um, so that'll be part of it. Uh, his whip sure. and, and, and on and on. I mean, it, so his numbers uh, look better. I just, I, and I think you guys have, have known me long enough to know that uh, I'm not a homer. By any means, <laughs> no. Uh, and, and so I'm not. I'm not sitting there looking for a reason to vote for Darvish because he's the Cubs guy. I just looked at this season as so strange and so short um, that I just and the numbers were so close. I mean, really. I mean, one guy was a pitcher of the month in August. One guy was a pitcher of the month in September. The the schedules were all insulated by region, um, so we don't know what they would have looked like when they made their run through the. The, the NL uh, 
east or west. So uh, you you made I a really. To, I wanted to break it down, and then I realized oh, there's twelve twelve games. That's like a college football season. Let's do it that way. I I was just gonna say you you equated it to a college football season, and looking at strength of schedule and who they are actually playing, I thought that was a very. For baseball, that doesn't seem to make sense, right? A lot of people just aren't aren't thinking that way. But when you brought it up in that terms, then yeah, that made total sense. And for a starting pitcher who basically plays once a week, I mean, and, you know, you, I got a question too about that. And and you're a writer, you know, other writers, but you know, Trevor Bauer was notorious for accusing Houston of doctoring the baseball. You can only get X amount of spin rate, right? You can't exactly, get that spin exactly. rate unless you're using something, right? Well, guess what? After he went to Cincy last year and he sucked, all of a sudden towards the end of 2019, his spin rate goes crazy and throughout 2020. Does anybody factor that in at all or not really? Well, I didn't. I, I didn't because I don't know. What am I going to accuse him of something I don't know? Um, and, and, and I also wonder about guys, you know, I tend to give a guy a little more benefit of the doubt if he talks really openly about subjects like that. Uh, and it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but, um, you know, when the steroid stuff was going on, if Frank Thomas was, was really outspoken against it and certain other guys were too. And, and so I, I tended to give them the benefit of the doubt on that. And, and people that I've talked to more personally and privately in the game, you know, same kind of thing. Um, but you know, you know, here's another, well, here's another thing when it comes to Darvish, Darvish was the first guy that I know of, uh, to in baseball to express any level of fear or concern about the coronavirus publicly. And, and that was way back in the first week of March. And then a couple of weeks later, everything shut down. He was, he, he canceled two off season events with um, the people that were coming over from Asia because he was afraid of exposing himself and, and by extension, his family to the virus. Uh, so and he said it. I, I talked to him in spring training. He said it. I'm afraid of this. Th th this is something that, that scares me. And then we saw he got a sniffle and went to the doctor. So you could also give Darvish extra credit if you wanted to for not only that, but deciding to even play amid those fears at a time of these these heightened protocols and 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 when when the, the virus was spiking and these teams were going to travel. I didn't do that. I, I, I tried to keep that out of it um, and just focus on performance because again i'm, I, I'm not going to read the guy's mind i'm not going to try to pretend like I, I know uh something about what makes him tick that way it sure does feel like a long time ago doesn't go <laughs> in, over at spring training down in mesa when the only thing we were worried about was whether chris bryant was going to be a cub for the rest of the season that yeah was taken, I, I believe a week before everything got shut down right i mean yeah, it, you yeah, know it, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and also the other thing about Trevor Bauer is like why he should get points taken away is because he seems like a COVID truther or something like that. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't even wear a mask, you know? He's got an interesting personality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah we, we, and an interesting taste in uh, ugly suits, I, I would say, too, because I don't know if you saw <laughs> what he was wearing when he, you know, I'm just like, you know, what is this? Is this guy oh, like 1918? Like he's these his, his couch camouflage. Thing. Yeah, he, hey, he's dressed for the wrong pandemic. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the, the question that's a great line. The question I was going to ask you about Marquis, we all wanted it forever. And then the next thing you know, it just seems like there's fishing shows and stupid shit. I mean, like, why, why are they, why does that seem to be struggling so much for them to put it together? 
they I didn't have, even cover I, Theo's conference. Thank you. That's I was just going to say that. That, that that makes no sense. You're 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 the marquee network. Yes. You're you're the Cubs network. Everything Cubs that presents itself should be wall to wall coverage. And right. the, and the and 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 Theo, who's who's the most eloquent and watchable executive in the game is going to talk for an hour on everything that happened that season and moving forward. And you're not broadcasting it live. <laughs> right. What the hell? Who is running that place? <laughs> See, those are the people that need to be fired. Right. I mean, and and it's crazy. You know, Danny was in New York for a few years. And if you ever seen the yes network, I mean, it's wall to wall Yankees. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, and you can come up with that and, and don't just bring on people. This is what I think they don't get. And some of these people they brought in from the outside and some of them are, are, are suits that think they know what cub fans want. And, and, and yet, you know, it goes back to, um, and I'm not, I'm not pinpointing any of these decisions or pointing a finger on at, at the Ricketts is for any of these decisions, but you know, that we'll the, do that for you. There's a story of I met my wife in the bleachers, blah, blah, blah. And that resonated with so many people. And, 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 and they it just seems like a formula to some of the suits. And, hey, if we put Mark Grace on, um, that's going to be gold. No, it was horseshit. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, and it's the same way with uh, some of these other just by throwing sort of old names at the network. You, you think you're going to build something. No, you have to have some substance there. Find out, bring on the people that are good. Don't just do a round table of four people and talk about, hey, uh, hey, you remember uh, 2008? <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you know, come on. Come on. I mean, honestly, you could give Crawley a show and it might be more entertaining than, you know, stuff that's yeah, going on. I'd watch that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you'd be, and I would invite you to that one too. And, and my point is, it's just like, it's like they're trying to make it like ESPN of, of the Midwest and they don't realize we hate ESPN. I'm not even sure they're up to that level. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's ridiculous. At least they got some college football on there. Now, there's there were two things that <laughs> that kind of interested me about Theo. I, this was the most introspective I've ever heard him, and and you know obviously he has nothing to lose anymore. He was pretty darn honest. And the thing that really kind of caught my attention was his realization that he is. It's almost like the story of Frankenstein's monster that he created something that's now hurting baseball. It was his idea to tank. His idea to tank, which again, because when he came, when he was in Boston, he used to pay high money for draft picks and spend like a drunken sailor on the international free agent market. And they put all sorts of rules in when he came in. So he figured out tank, get draft picks, get rid of everybody. And then he also was a big proponent of the three true outcomes which has made the game absolutely boring compared to the games that I, you know, I love watching the Sandberg game and seeing Willie McGee was, wasn't he the player of the game or all the fun and the running and the hit and runs and the bunting and the crazy stuff. And now baseball now is starting to become more boring and I'm worried about the next generation of fans. (laughs) There is no next generation of fans. There's, there's um, kids of the last generation of fans who watch it because of, of their moms and dads. Uh, but there is not a, a generation. I don't. I don't believe. I don't see it uh, of new fans that just fall in love with the game. You know, I, I was a kid uh, who who uh, my parents split up was when I was a kid, and one of the things that sort of kept me grounded, kept gave me something constructive to do was I, I, I started playing baseball, and I fell in love with baseball. And because baseball is every day, people uh, it, it 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 gives you. Uh, 
you can you can love it you can you can you can fall in love with it and and then when you play it you know obviously i remember when my my grandmother was in a, a nursing home she was never a sports fan or anything like that my grandfather had died and um uh, the mariners this was b- back in seattle in the 90s and the mariners were suddenly becoming very popular and she t- <laughs> i'd go visit her and she'd say yeah um yeah, I was starting to cover the Mariners at the time. And she says, yeah, I'm watching the Mariners. Oh, this Ken Griffey Jr., he's really exciting. And, you know, and, and, and all the old ladies that lived there, all of them, they were huge Mariners fans because they had, their lives had gone to a place where uh, there, were, there were empty holes in their lives that, that used to be filled by other things, whether it's spouses, families, you know, different th- things. And baseball filled that hole for them. Baseball did that for a lot of people. And, and, and then once you get exposed to it, you can fall in love with it. Now, the everyday nature of it is still there, but what makes a kid fall in love with it isn't there anymore. And I used to give, I used to give uh, Theo and Jed shit for this all the time. I I, I would do stories on this. I, I, I sort of, I sort of ticked Theo off, I guess, one time (laughs) when, uh, uh, I asked You've done that a number of times. Well, (laughs) yeah, um. But this was one of those things in spring training. It was after they had won. It was maybe 28, 2018 spring training, something like that. And I was getting ready to do my my annual uh, thing where, you know, the commissioner talks to reporters in, in uh, Phoenix uh, once a year. And I would take the tanking question to him every year. You know, how concerned are you now about tanking? Last year you said you weren't. This year you got GMs talking openly about it. You know, isn't that bad for the game? So it, it's so every year that the commissioner would talk, I would ask him that question. Well, on my on the day I was going to go ask him, I got Theo aside and I said, "Hey, uh, listen, I'm doing. I'm going to go talk to the commissioner again, <laughs> ask him the same question." But hey, I, I said, "Look, you know, there's no question that that your legacy, when all is said and done, is going to include these two historic championships and and, and a plaque in Cooperstown. Um, but uh, how do you feel about part of your legacy being?" uh, this blueprint for big market teams tanking. And, uh, and I don't think he liked the question. He, he, uh, he, he more or less said, uh, what would you have had me do instead? And, and I, I said, no, it's not about, it's not about whether that was the smart thing to do within the rules at the time for a team. But don't you think that's bad for the industry? Don't you think that's bad for the game? And where it's gone since then is certainly not good for the game. And he wound up giving me a, a, a pretty good uh, answer to that. But that will be, without a doubt, um, part of part of his legacy. And uh, it's and it's that's not to take a shot at him. Um, that's part of his if you want to call it genius or brilliance, you, you can. I mean, he took the rules that were handed to him and he made them work prior to that. When they were different rules, he spent a, like a drunken sailor in the, in the draft and in free agent markets when, when there weren't luxury taxes and hard caps on amateurs. Um, and that's how he was able to keep a, a farm system replenished even with lower draft picks on and on and on. He, 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 he gamed the system where he could game the system, but in the process and back to your original point, the, the money ball thing and the, getting the grinders and, and, and this, this kind of trying to get ahead of the curve on, on the power and the launch angle. And, uh, and, and then of course, when, once you get grinders, now you have to have a better middle, middle innings, uh, bullpen crew. And so now there's power coming at you out of the bullpen in every inning. Now, all of a sudden 
Here's the other thing. Now, all of a sudden, you need more pitchers on your roster every damn year. Now, all of a sudden, you know, David Bodie's got to play four positions when the guy has trouble playing one. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and so, and, and, and I, you know, I, I'd make fun of, of, of Bodie on that. But, you sure. know, pe- people want to say, well, Ben Zobris pioneered uh, the super utility play. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Moneyball did because yeah. you need so many more Rays. pitchers. Yeah, the Rays pioneered that and he played for them. Right. And, but but it, was, uh, it was a movement that was inevitable because you could carry, you had to carry so many pitchers. You had to have more versatility among your position players. And, and so, um, so that, that, was, that was demanded. Anyway, now the game's damn near unwatchable. Support for the Sun Ranto Show comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls, jingle balls, jingle all the way. You know what? Uh, It's almost Christmas season, and it's time to trim your tree. Uh, Your untrimmed pubes should be a thing of the past, so it's time to gear up, get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. See, here's the thing. I've shaved my balls before, and I've cut my balls before, and it's painful. I screamed. I went, oh, God damn it. But that's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. Uh, It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect holiday season gift. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut, free, and smelling nice down there. And uh, don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls, because uh, that's nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Your stinky balls. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And all these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to go get yourself your ball shaved. Your dad, your brother needs their balls shaved, your friends... It's the best gift of all that you can give. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off free shipping. Code is armchair at manscaped.com. 20% off people with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud of your balls this year. Sun Ranto Show is also brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is over. Football's in effect. All the teams strutting their stuff. Now, you're not at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online's going the extra mile. They want to make sure that you get 
in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. So what I want you to do is you go to Bet Online today, you use the promo code ARMCHAIR, and you're going to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Back to the Sunranto Show. Uh, well, and, and here's the other thing is like, you know, you talk about Theo's legacy being that. And 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 I think the other thing is like, his ultimate legacy, I think, will be the World Series championship. You know, no doubt. No doubt. Here in Chicago. But, um, you know, the last four years, I, I think we'll, you know, kind of collectively try to forget about them. Because, you know, Theo talked a lot about uh, in his presser about the, the big moments in the game and uh and not and or in the playoffs not really you know this year they didn't they did they scored one run uh, Ian Hap solo home run yeah. against the freaking Marlins so it was just like what you know but you know the wild card game loss the didn't make it the year before uh, you know it's it's been going like this for a while is one of the the kind of issues with Theo's extension after the 2016 World Series is is one of the issues that he had not trading dudes after the World Series, like keeping that core together, sticking with it that long. Do you think that he could have? Do you think he could have shaken things up? You know, should have, would have, could have, but like, you know, yeah. Is that part of his legacy moving forward for the next, let's say, five years? You could, you could, you could certainly make that case and be very persuasive. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you if if you did make that case i mean he kyle kyle schwarber is a good example of, of a player he fell in love with and and for some good reasons but um maybe maybe could have struck earlier uh, on um getting value out of him uh addison russell i i, I thought never mind the off-field stuff i thought he overvalued him as, as a as a complete package player um and so you know maybe there was something there too I think the biggest thing, if you're going to talk about roster construction and you're going to talk about the other side of the legacy, because, you know, let's give them credit where it's due on, on a lot of great moves that, that, that put that team in position to win a World Series far sooner than anybody thought. Um, it, it's that uh, the, the lack of player development, the lack of developing pitchers, Oh God! <laughs> uh, for nine years, Bob just Strizny is like the only guy they ever got out of the situation. I mean, I mean, good. they haven't had a pitcher in the last the, these five, the thirty-nine playoff games. A, a pitch, a homegrown pitcher, throw a pitch in any of those playoff games. Um, look, that's hard to do. If the four of us got together every June and took the the, the Baseball America draft preview and just ran the Cubs draft based on that. And then the four of us got together uh, and, and, you know, had our minor league development staff and we just kind of made the decisions on who should be shut down when and how you should, whether you should pitch this guy every six days or, or put him in the bullpen or what we'd have got a guy or two at the big leagues. I mean, and, and I'm not somebody <laughs> it's, it's hard. I mean, and I've talked to people in baseball about this and, you know, so, so, Maybe there's some, you know, uh, maybe there's some randomness to it. I don't know, but honest to God, you draft that many people, and some of these drafts were pitcher heavy uh, in terms of depth. And I know they didn't draft a lot of high first round guys, okay? But other teams get 14th rounders, 10th rounders, fifth rounders to the big leagues, even if it's just in the bullpen, and and they have five year careers. Sure. 
And that's uh, what we're seeing in some of these playoff games. It's like every team has three look at or the four Dodgers. guys. Yeah. Yeah. The Dodgers spend a ton of money, but they spent, uh, uh, they, they've only got one guy making more than like a million five in their rotation. And that's Clayton freaking Kershaw. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I heard he was good. Yeah. So, so if you can backfill at all, if you, if you had been able to backfill one, starting pitcher who did nothing more for you than pitch at league average, but give you 30 starts. Do you go get, do you need Quintana in 17? No. Do you have to pay for that? Cause you'd have, you'd have a guy at that point that's making closer to the minimum. Now you've got flexibility. Maybe that, maybe you take Eloy and you, and, and Verlander's begging to come to Chicago. Maybe you have a little more money in the coffers, to roll the dice on, on a guy that was high risk, high reward at the time. And you had to play it safe because you couldn't afford the risk side of that equation or else you'd be stuck for more than a year. So that, that alone, I mean, the, the, the biggest statistic in baseball has to do with payroll. And especially nowadays with luxury tax levels, whether you're a big market team or a small market team. So, so when they put themselves in a position where they could know they didn't have a pipeline, um, and then the hitters began hitting arbitration years. Uh, they were they were stuck. And, and that's what we've seen where you might have seen a, a supplemental hitter or two that might have been a five to ten million dollar guy who might be more of a contact type of a hitter who could have complemented these other guys might have even made some of these other guys better because you could have diversified your lineup a little and 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 played it out one through eight a little bit differently uh, or been a, a veteran guy who could have even mentored some of these guys. I mean, we saw the impact that they, the Ben Zobers had on this team when he was playing and they were a much better team when he was in there. Maybe you could have got a few more of those guys and it wouldn't have broken the bank instead of every time you lost a guy, you had to turn around and, Oh, Tyler Chatwood was a bust, So now we got to pick up Hamill's $20 million option. And now we got no more money left. Yeah, and we got to get rid of Drew friggin' Smiley just to just to get enough money to cover the twenty million. Sure. Yeah, and um, it, it seemed like Theo was throwing around a lot of money, and he got called to the carpet at some point too. Uh, you know, with th- those deals like the Smiley deal, it's like here's seven million dollars to do rehab. You know, a, what lot, I mean? a lot of bad deals. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, the Smiley deal might have might have paid off in in a you know if if some of the other stuff had paid off. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, look, twenty eighteen. And, and I'll give Theo credit for this. You know, Theo's, there's been a lot of the word transparency has been thrown around a lot this week in, in, uh, in the wake of uh, Theo's uh, announcement. Um, but I don't think, that, you know, it, just in sheer terms, whatever of what most people think that means when people are saying, well, he's so transparent and isn't that refreshing. His transparency is. Uh, <sighs> One element of his, his transparency is that we saw it at the end of 2018 when he said that the lineup broke. And his willingness to pinpoint the issues that needed to get better um, created some of the narratives that, that we've seen with this core that have developed over the last couple of years. And it, it, it wasn't the media. Um, my take on 95 uh, or, I mean, on, on 2018 with that 95 wins was that that was a hell of a season for everything that went wrong. 
they won 95 friggin' games. And if, <laughs> if, and if, and if the Brewers hadn't literally won every game, the final week of the season, the Cubs would have been division champs. They didn't choke. They just didn't play. They weren't as hot as the Brewers. And, and then when they faced and it, this was a, an issue for the second half of the season, certainly when they faced good pitching, um, they weren't able to handle they weren't able to handle it and score but yeah. they still won 95 games with chatwood shit in the bed with darvish uh, getting pitching only eight starts after signing that that big deal um they had other breakdowns uh, i mean and montgomery how many starts did montgomery make that year yeah. Uh, yeah. it was almost heroic what he yeah. was able to do to, well to and, keep I, that and then they together. finished up with that that crazy amount of games in you know 50 that too, games yeah, in the last absolutely. Having to fly into hurt. a hurricane. <laughs> and, and Strope got hurt. So uh, the decision to leave Strope in to, to, to run the bases and get and pull a hamstring aside, uh, I think that year was the best job of managing Joe Madden did in his five years with the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was, it was amazing um, what they were able to accomplish. And yet, by the time the season ended, sure, it was disappointing. But instead of those of us covering the team uh, writing about how – the powers that be were saying, you know, this was a hell of a season. It was just a tough way to end. We got the offense broke and we've got a lot of things we need to fix going into next year because we need to be better than this. And we need, and it's a year of reckoning. And, and, you know, one more game in April might, might've made a difference. We got to have more urgency. Well, no, I mean, that's not how baseball works. You don't play right. April like it's September and they won <laughs> 95 friggin' games. <laughs> Yeah, you know, speaking speaking of Joe, what what are the differences you really kind of see between Joe's style of managing and David Ross in his first year? Yeah, that's interesting because when this pandemic hit, I thought, oh man, what what a bad time to have fired Joe Madden because of all the people that could handle something weird like this, it's probably <laughs> Joe, you know, who could who could keep guys' heads in the game and kind of kind of kind of keep uh, keep guys sane. Um, and then I watched. Uh, I watched from a distance um, uh, the way Rossi handled it. And I thought he did a good job. I, I really did. He's got a, he's got a certain power of personality uh, and, and a willingness to, to be uh, to, to honestly kind of display that, uh, which I think uh, carries some weight in that clubhouse. Uh, he obviously knows those guys. He's obviously uh, was, was won a lot of rings as a player. And, uh, and that was, uh, that, that carries a lot of weight too. Um but, uh, you know, despite a couple of, uh, you know, first year things that probably most guys go through under the circumstances, especially, I thought he did a hell of a job. I really did. Yeah, by the, for by sure. The time it was, by the time it was all said and done, I was thinking, OK, maybe there's two guys that were the right guys that you would want right now in this time. Well, talk, talk about extra credit Cubs with only team without a covid case. So exactly. Yeah. You know. We talked a lot to John Baker about that uh, throughout the season. And it's one, I think one of the things that he was most proud of is just the way that the team came together uh, to, you know, with the protocols and, and everything. And, you know, you saw what happened to the Cardinals. <laughs> just, it was just what a, what even, a, even, that even worse with the Marlins because Marlins. those guys admitted they fucked up. They, they went out. Can I say that? Yeah. They, yeah. They went, say whatever you went, want on this show. <laughs> they went out and, and partied on the first damn trip. And Don yeah. Manningly got on, on a, credit on a for that. Game. Yeah, Don yeah. Manningly got credit for that shit. You know, I said that on one of our podcasts too. After the manager of the year, I said, you know, I get it. Uh, he deserves credit for getting him through that, but don't you dock him for uh, 
the screw up in the first place? You'd That's think. not a hell of a lot of leadership. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, you Gordon, fixed the thing I broke. <laughs> you're awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, well, Gordon, uh, you know, I, I, I know it's been a weird year. Uh, you've been so generous with your time tonight. You know, I don't, won't, we won't take up any more of it. Uh, but, uh, you know, would love to have you back on sometime, you know, and, and you know, throughout the, yeah, the for sure. year and stuff. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're one of my favorite writers. You're one of my favorite Cub uh, media personalities. I appreciate you've it. You've always Thanks. been very honest. You know, uh, every time I've, you know, been in the same room with you, you've just always been really down to earth <laughs> and a cool guy and very generous with your time. And, you know, you, you never big time anybody. And I always appreciate that. I think you would have let me sit next to you the plane. You wouldn't have said anything. You would have let I, me go on. <laughs> Well, he he would have yeah, said I, something to somebody. I, I would have said something. I would have said to the flight attendant, "Make my scotch a double." Yeah, exactly. I think that's what we did though when we were in Cincinnati. What I, was that, that far? Sounds right. Oh yeah, uh, O'Malley's on the alley. O'Malley's, O'Malley's, absolutely. Yeah. But always a blast, man. You yeah, know, I love sure. you. You're the best, and thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, you guys are the greatest. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks, Gordon. Yeah, thanks and, lot, and, Gordon. Uh, really have a great day and, and uh, have a have a great rest of uh, your off season. Until All right, you again, you guys too. All right. Thanks, man. He's the best. You know, I just, oh. I, you know, I, I love, and I, and I'll go back to the first thing I said on the, on the show, uh, you know, him and cap just, you know, fighting like an old married couple. I yep. just love it. It's so good. And, uh, and Crawley, I got to thank you for like hooking up that interview. Cause it was like, it, it was really great to hear his perspective from an insider. You know, it, we all kind of feel the same way and, you know, he's just, um, you know, talk about somebody who can speak very clearly about what he feels is going on, both in a granular way and also, you know, zooming out and seeing the big picture of things. He's a great writer, and we're lucky as Cub fans to have a lot of great writers. I've always yeah. I, I grew up, you know, with the with the sport pages and, and, and always I just love the beat writers. I go back to Mike Royko, you know, what I mean, like old school, just some great Chicago writers that we've had. And, 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 you know, I kind of miss having the newspaper in my hand. I don't get the paper anymore. And maybe it's something I should look into, but we've been very blessed to have a lot of great writers. Now it's more online and stuff like that, but I just kind of miss those old days looking in the box scores and seeing some of their articles. But Gordon's always been a guy that you could just sit down and talk to, have a beer with, and, and, and he'll, he'll tell you things. And, and it's just a fun conversation to have. Yeah, and, for and sure. And we got a little yumper checking in here says really really enjoyed gordo really found new respect for him Gr great show and i 100 percent agree with that danny when i started listening to cubstock live actually gordon wasn't even on it then when he came on wow. i was kind of like ah no you know but listening to him and then now reading him much more often you know like before you only get the the twitterized version like if anybody sure. does anything people don't like, they hit you with it, you know, but uh, no. So now I'm reading him more and I listen to this podcast with him on it and I really like his take on it. And I feel like his is pretty unique amongst other writers. So he, he's yeah, got a I'm, unique I'm with, style. Yeah. I'm, I'm with a uh, little yumper uh, over these last over this year, really this year. I've gained a ton of respect for Gordon and loved talking baseball with him. He's really into it. So. And I love that he's on, uh, that he's talking now, you know, because before, you know, he'd be interviewed here and there on the radio and they'd have him on, uh, you know, the score or whatever, or bring him on at ESPN and, and talk to him. 
Uh, but now he's got a regular platform to be, you know, and, and I don't know what NBC Sports's plan is in the future as far as, you know, their pre and post games and stuff like that, or if they will even attempt to do that. But Well, I, they need I'd to add this they, podcast to go <laughs> with their other podcast. Sure. But, yeah. It, 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 the sister show. So, you know, obviously you guys know I go to CubsCon every year, this and that. So I've always, I've gotten to meet all those you? guys. Yes. I've gotten to meet those guys over the years, you know, and, 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 and Gordon's one of those guys, sometimes, especially Danny, you know what I'm talking about when, when you started to have kind of some of the new school guys. So I got into blogging. I used to write a lot and I used to write for MLB too. This is about 2004, 2005, 2006. Right. And so like, this is before, you know, this is like early bleed cubby blue and a league of her own. This is, this is early kind of writing that was going on. And there was a weird disconnect between, you know, the old school guys and some of the newer guys like myself that were kind of just coming up and just trying to do it for fun. But Gordon, Gordon was always, like I said, there's a couple, there's some of those guys that were just always respectful and just kind of giving you their, their piece, their, their, their thoughts. And Hey, you know, da da da. it was just always, he was always one of those guys that was just really cool and easy to talk to. And I think sometimes he gets a bad rap and, I think it's unfairly deserved. And I think if people, I think we're in such a judgmental society so quick. Yeah. Like I was saying, I think the, the Twitterization of writers right now, like unless you follow them specifically and you read what they write, you get the Twitterized version. And then you know how it is. Nobody reads the fucking article. They just, they read, <laughs> they read the tweet where somebody's bitching about something and uh, you know, and he can catch, well, I mean, if you're really good, you catch more of that, right? Like you want to find somebody who's really, you know, a lot of people think are really good. Look for the mentions about everybody who hates him. You, you know, I mean, Joe Buck is going to go down as a Hall of Famer. People love him, but he's he's all over the Internet for people hating him. Yeah. So, David Elliott says, correction, Gordon can say whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, Robert Sanchez Jr. says, I was the same when he was on St. Louis. Sometimes I wanted to strangle him, but now I find his opinions refreshing. Well, what I like is Gordon does say whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. <laughs> He's not, uh, you know, like him or not, you cannot say that that guy doesn't go in there and ask the real questions. Well, and and that's and that's kind of what we just kind of told him, it, it, or what we were just talking about with the Marquee Network, is you know Chicago has a very unique fan base. Is that you can't just put something out there where you're blowing sunshine up our ass. Like you know when Dave Kaplan was handling the pre and post game with David DeJesus, you know Dave Kaplan didn't pull any punches either. He's no. a fan of the team, and he'll tell he tells it like it is. He he says it how he sees it. And that works for Chicago that, you know, but you can't just come out there, you know, and, you know, no offense to anybody that is on the marquee network because they're all very talented journalists, but it's, it, it has this well corporate, mm, this corporate sort of team, uh, like sort of a team mouthpiece feeling to it that I do not think will work, but I don't know what the I expect the Cubs to do because they're not going to hire somebody that's going to talk trash about, anything they're doing it's all going to be a great decision 
in their view. And, you know, they're just going to, you know, it's like the, the president's press yeah. secretary. No, and, right. I, and I think you're right about the, the journalists on there are good journalists, but it's all the players and stuff that they hire. And the players are like, you know, like Gordon is saying, like, oh, well, when I did this and I was in the thing and this is my my game that I did the thing. It's like, motherfucker, we just watched a baseball game and we were hoping you'd talk about that. You're like Ryan Sweeney. I didn't even want to watch you play baseball. Let alone watch you talk about. How about Carlos Pena? Yeah, yes. trust me. We were watching those games. We don't want to relive relive them at all. Now, Mark, I, Mark Gray should have his own show, but it shouldn't be the show he had. And it well, he was on. He again. It just doesn't seem like they're using anything right or doing anything right. They're putting round poles and square pegs, and just it's it's just disjointed and not Mark, good. Mark Gray sat at a bar getting wasted. That I watch at a, at, 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 at Mark Grace, Ryan Debster late night show. Let's yeah. get on. Sure. Why not? You already, you already had that idea. You do it at CubsCon every year. Like Dempster, Dempster's show. show was really, really funny at CubsCon. Yeah. At yeah. CubsCon, Off the Mound was really hilarious. Yeah. Some of the shit that he would do and some of the bits he would have. And I don't I just. Yeah, but, but trying to recreate that all the time instead of once a year. Yeah. It's then tough. You're Conan, then you're Conan O'Brien, which what, means- I'm, what I'm telling you is more yeah. of the. It's now like the more polished, sanitary version. Yeah, yeah. as well, opposed and, and, to the shit that was going down at CubsCon. Well, Crawley, I just wanted to make the point that when you do it all the time for like six straight years, good or bad, I mean, you have to be the top of your game, like the fucking Sun Ranto show. I mean. <laughs> yeah. We we can barely get through a sixty game season doing pre and post. Like <laughs> you know, we 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 pissed off so many people with our excessive drinking that it was just. <laughs> well, you know, this is you know, you're talking about. We watch the game and drink. It's kind of. I mean, you're lucky we showed up for some of those shows. You're 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 talking about uh, you're talking about being honest. Here's a story in the '90s. The Cubs were just fucking awful, just awful. For most other than 98 was the only good season. Everything else was just shit, just garbage. And I was, and there was a Cubs convention and I think it must've been Larry Himes. I can't remember who the GM was at the time, somebody, but all of a sudden, you know, it's Cubs con. So you're blowing smoke up people's ass, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden someone in the back, you know, they're telling about this great lineup and all of a sudden someone heckles from the back. What about the pitching though? It was Harry fucking Carey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that is, you know, who we are as Cub fans. We, uh, I think, are more Harry Carey. Even salty Bob Brenly, you know, was was in a way, he, I think he wore out his welcome in Chicago eventually. But even salty Bob Brenly, when he would complain about the team and kind of get down on guys, Chicagoans appreciate that. We have a six-month winter. That usually happens. And we're salty, acerbic people. We, do, we don't take any bullshit. We're uh, very Midwestern in that way. And, and if and any guy tries to get a little bit too big big for his britches, oh, you're going to get knocked down a peg. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, you know, that's why I told Gordon, like, you know, oh, you never big time me, say the same thing to Cap. They can't big time you because then they would be out. You know what I mean? Like they'd be right. out of a, a thing. But um, Steve, Steve Steve Schur from Arizona, our friend from Arizona, says, "What Grace does? What does Grace do that people hate in Chicago? Is what people adore and think is cute in Arizona? I mean, it, potentially. I think it just look. They put him in the wrong position. They kind of tried to shoot. They kept trying to shoehorn this three man booth. Oh yeah, I yeah, hate the, the three man booth. The three yeah. man booth is bad in the best situations and." Even worse when you already have a really good two-man booth. 
But, you know, I was thinking, since we're programming for Marky right now, the next great podcast is, you know, Marky Late Night. It's Gordon and Kaplan. Both of them, they get, they get, they got to start with three beers uncensored. No, no bleeding, no, no nothing. Too many, too many carbs in those beers for Cap. I don't know. If yeah, no, no, no. And unfortunately. Well, okay, well, yeah. I, You know what? Gordon's a bourbon guy anyway, but they get it. You know, they each get a, a drink and they get to, they get to talk without worrying about all the things that they have to worry about, you know? How many, how many, I, I wonder it. how many old school people on here in the comment section remember the sports writer show. Oh, that was great. Well, that's that's what we, uh, you know, with Outside the Ivy, with with Luis and Michael last year that, or the year before that we did in 2019, that was kind of, you know, one of the comps that people were giving us. And now those guys are younger than me, so they didn't remember it. But, uh, you know, somebody that we all know on, you know, that has been a longtime listener of uh, Sunranto's show, Dawn Strand. She brought up, she's like, oh, she watched it religiously and just loved it. Those guys would sit around Jerome Holtzman in those. Jerome Holtzman with the big cigars. Cigars, you know, it's a smoke filled room all sitting around yelling at each other. It was awesome. And like, you know, we would say that on Outside the Ivy. We're like, oh, too bad we can't like have mugs of beer on this show and just be pounding, you know? Yeah, you can't be the super fans, you know, slopping down some sausages. Dominic yeah. writes in, I, I remember that on smoking and typewriters. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> typewriters it, right there. It was just, it was fun to watch and bitch. And I, I think that that's kind of like what we all enjoy doing is just having beers and arguing, you know? Yeah. And you got to remember, this was a time before you could even look shit up on Google. Like yeah. you just had to, whatever your, whatever your, whatever your position was, you better know it and you yeah. better stand by it. And Little, nobody can really correct Little you. Jumper writes in, if they do a three man booth, Doug Glanville should be a part of it. And that's it. Totally agree. Doug Glanville is, you know, maybe he doesn't want the job because he's got a lot going on. He does a lot in the community. He teaches college, you know, like he's a writer as well. But uh, Doug Glanville is is definitely one of the most thoughtful people on there. And like Doug's better not in the booth, though. He's he's right. he's so good when they use him, and he's down reporting from the dugout, reporting yeah. from wherever he does because he comes on. They give him his segment, and he gives you a lot of knowledge in that short amount of time, you know. But it doesn't clog up the whole show because you're trying to get three people in. Yeah. And it's way, I, he's right. More Doug Lanville, no matter what, like in whatever yeah, more, you, of him, more, more of him. So don't go we, to commercials, go to Doug Lanville. Can we run through a couple of this? We, there's a little bit of uh, Cubs news going yeah, on. We have some Cubs stuff a little bit. Okay. We already talked Let's about that. Wrigley field is now a national landmark for the tax credits and stuff. What the hell took so long? That's awesome though. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy, you know, that that happened. I understand that the reason the Ricketts applied you know, a they deserve national landmark status, but I think the reason the Ricketts applied was for the money, which is that should be ultimately good. But at least, um, you know, well, they hated the fact that it was a historic place in the first place because they had to jump through so many hoops to do anything in it. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, oh, but we want the money. Let's hit this national landmark and fuck whoever buys us from us. Hey, uh, real quick uh, message there, uh, Sunranto listeners. Uh, this is all brought to you by uh, our li- our listeners, our Patreon listeners, who have signed up at patreon.com slash Sunranto for as little as a dollar. They get the shows early and ad-free and all that good stuff. But what I wanted to mention to you right now is uh, sunranto.com. 
slash shopping. This is a way that everybody can help the show, especially this holiday season. So if you shop at Amazon or the MLB shop or NBA shop or the NHL shop or MLS or Lids or Reebok or StubHub or buy sports memorabilia, if you want to give somebody beer of the month, you want to sign up for Audible, Wine, Zazzle, condoms, vibrators, bare mattress beds, we sell it all for you. You go to sunranto.com slash shopping. You click on, let's say, Am- our Amazon ad sitting there. You buy crap from Amazon that you were going to buy anyway. We get a little bit of a kickback, and it really helps out the show. So if you would do that this holiday season, that would rock some Casbahs. Thank you for listening. And if you never want to hear an ad like this again, why not become a Patreon subscriber? It's so easy. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto and uh, sign up today. For only a buck a month. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Sunranto.com slash shopping. Thank you for being a Sunranto listener. Back to the show. You know, it's it, th- I think the process, I think they've been going through that like eight, nine years, something like that. Yeah. They've been going through it a while. Yeah. And and again, they will get the tax credits. And and again, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna bash anybody for wanting to make money. What bothers me is that it's not going to the right places. Yeah. Is that the goal was always I, when I looked at Boston and the success they achieved, and I looked at John Henry and what his group did over in Boston, I saw them open up multiple revenue streams. And and again, we were promised the same thing with wheelbarrows of cash. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, literally that, what they said, literally what they said, oh, are coming. They said, oh, why don't we much, have that on one of our complicated T-shirts? How, how much does Tom Ricketts uh, regret saying wheelbarrows full of money? That wasn't that wasn't Tom. It wasn't who said it? Was it? It was Crane, a Crane. Yeah, Crane Kenny. Uh, yeah, it was in uh, business ops. But yeah, we we need a T-shirt with Crane Kenny holding a wheelbarrow full of cash, like you know, walking. Yeah, crawl. But- that's Crawley's next T-shirt. But but see that's but <laughs> going when, going gone. When we did the oh, round table, when we did the round table in 2019, Danny, after the last season, you know, I talked about this because you asked the question, and I, you know, I'm not bothered as much by some people about Ricketsville and putting the hotels and da da da. My understanding, though, was on the condition that we would never have to do a rebuild again. That we would ever have to say like, oh, we can't afford that guy. My thing was. Good. Get all the revenue streams, get hotels, get restaurants, get bars. And yes, you're going to make your profit. You're always going to make a profit, but I want to go back into the team. I don't, I wanted to be the Yankees. I wanted every time a free agent came up and it was like that from about 2015 till about 2018 till the end of 2018, where the Cubs, every time there was somebody big, whether it was Otani, who they didn't get or Darvish who they did get for a little while. It just felt so glorious to realize that the Cubs were in on everybody. And I loved it. And then all of a sudden now it's like, Oh, right. wait, wait, what's happening? They're, we can't afford anybody. They're yeah. in on nobody. And then we find out that they've signed David Descalso and we're <laughs> like, wait, I didn't even know he was an option to be on the team. Right. Yeah. Brad Brock, Daniel Descalso. That was yeah. the off season of 2019. And it's gonna and it's gonna be more of that now. In fact, it's gonna get worse. So they're not even gonna ha- hold on to the guys they they've been holding. And and I want to bring this up here because Little Yumper says the Cubs want too soon in the window. The motivation shifted from winning to cashing in no as much as they can. I disagree with that. I disagree with it because what I will always and Gordon brought it up that World Series 
That brought the fucking Ricketts a shit ton of money, guys. The longer you play baseball, the longer that extends, the more people are going to those new bars, the more people are going to the restaurants, the more people that are going to the hotels. How many fucking World Series shirts do you think I have in my closet? I probably have 12 yeah, that but- I stupidly bought for 50 bucks a pop. But I think his his point it, overall being you know, that they won it, and that was one of their promises. What did they say at Cubs convention? We're going to preserve Wrigley Field for the future. We're going to win the World Series. What was the other thing? Oh, we're going to be a good neighbor and give to yeah. charity. So, yeah. you know, they, they, here's a million bucks to charity, uh, Cubs charities, blah, 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 PowerPoint presentation. They they renovated Wrigley. That was part of it. They did that. They won the World Series early, like Little Yumper said. And, uh, you know, and I think from then, then on in, I do think that they were looking to just be competitive. But the hoops they jumped through in 2016 to push it over, like you needed to be, especially in Chicago, you needed to be 20% better than your average World Series championship team to push it over in Chicago because of the curse and like the extra pressure that was on everybody. You needed the three headed monster of the bullpen. You needed to go get Chapman. You needed to sign yourself a, a, a veteran like Ben Zobrist. You needed, uh, you, you needed everything you had that year to go perfectly. And they won it early. And I do think that there was a shift because at some point, Rick had said, I'm out of money. What I'm, I'm telling you is, is that Rick can make just as much with a, with a 95 win also ran with, you know, which is maybe an unfair thing to say, but I'm going to make just as much money with that as I am but, going to, but, if I, you know, pay, you know, 300, have a $300 million payroll. If, if you take a look though, the, or Tom Ricketts, the Ricketts have always looked at Boston as their model. The same people that did the renovations of Boston did the renovations at Wrigley. All the stuff they did. Boston had just such a phenomenal long run where they were making a shit ton of money. Yeah. Well, winning winning brings a lot more money. And, and you look what happened with the White Sox. Crowley, Crowley. But here's the difference. The Red Sox didn't build a fucking hotel next door. They didn't buy... Well, actually, the Red Sox might have actually bought every building around their <laughs> stadium. I think they did do that. But... Uh, no, and bringing it back to Gordon, I learned this from him on Cubs Talk. He talked about how uh, because the interest rates were so low, it makes sense for people with a lot of money to take out loans rather than use their own money. And then when things started to get weird and they say, oh, we've got these biblical losses and all this stuff. The only reason that might have any sort of impact on them is that they are so in debt because it costs so little for them to have the debt and they spent what a, almost a billion dollars and we know that that didn't go right into the team and we know a billion dollars wasn't just for Wrigley but I think they got out a little ahead of their skis they got a lot of money from that world series and then they started doing some things and racking up a little more debt because it did make sense at that moment. Now they're not quite in the same yep. spot that they wanted to be, or they could have been. Uh, and again, nobody, again, it was all the right move and nobody knew a pandemic was coming. You know what I mean? That's going to affect hotels and restaurants and bars and all the things they invested except, in. Except for you, Darvish. <laughs> right. Except for you, Darvish. And, but the point being, they could have been a little more fiscally responsible and maybe they aren't sweating it quite so much. I mean, 
they turn it. It's totally dead. It's it's a dead zone down there right now. Everything's yeah. closed. All the bars are finished. Murphy's had a, a sign saying, "We'll see you soon." Like, you know, it's, it kind of reminded me of uh, the end of Doctor Strange Love when they're playing. We'll meet again, and like he's riding the bomb down. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it had that vibe to it. You know, today when I was walking around, but it was like you know, to to me, they did get a little ahead of their skis, but COVID's. Gun, we're rounding the corner, <laughs> according to Trump, uh, you know, and, and but we actually are. There's some great vaccine news. This is a year. This is a year, maybe two, where things are still a little bit messed up. You know, the biblical losses, they'll be recouped. When people go back out, it's going to be packed. They're going to be fine. They're going to that building across the street that they own, the bowling alley, the donut shop, the all of it, the Harley store, like people are going to be ready to hit it again, they're going to be out there like gangbusters are going to sell everything out. There's no, unless there's a strike, there's no reason. There's no reason that they've got to act cheap right now. They should be positioning themselves for the future like somebody who buys the stock market the day after the crash. Buy low, sell high. That's how it, that's it. But I will tell you this, and I'm in, um, there's a private Facebook season ticket holder group. And I see a lot of the comments that are going on there where people are like, I'm out. And a lot of people are like, does anyone want to go in? The people that were in my group dropped out, blah, blah, blah. The other thing that is happening is I had a friend of mine, and, and I haven't told anyone this yet, but I have a friend of mine who has season tickets. His very first year was last year. Of yeah. a season ticket holder, and he's like, he's like, I waited for fucking fifteen years, and the first year I can't go to a goddamn game. So they, you know, they, they yeah. time time came up to pay for the tickets, and and he's like, I'm out. And the Cubs bent over backwards to make sure he came back. To the point, I have a deal that I bought my own. I started with my father in law season tickets like in two thousand. And in 2004, I got my own. And at that time, they had a package that you could get, which is opening day, nights, weekends, holidays, which is perfect because I don't have to worry about going to an April game on Wednesday at 120. Yeah. And so they stopped offering that package and were trying to get people to get rid of it. Every time the World Series came up, they always tried to – or playoffs came up, they always tried to get me to ante up into the full 81-game package, and I didn't. Now, they offered my friend that package, which they haven't offered in years. Wow. To make sure that he would not drop the tickets. Yeah. Well, and and and, and that's it. It's like, you know, it, it, you've first of all, I mean, we've talked to ad nauseum on this show about how, you know, every every Cubs game now is priced for 75 degrees and sunny, which Lord knows that's not what it looks like out there uh, for at least half the games. So, uh, you know, I think that they talk about getting ahead of your skis. I think that is one way they did like, you know, the beer, the beer went from $8 to $12 in five short years. That is a 33% increase in the ballpark. Everything went up. Hot dogs almost doubled are 50% higher in price. Even. And again, they'll always bring up that they have X amount of cheap seats, you know, tickets that you could buy, but those bronze level games are all again, April, Wednesday, one twenty. Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 you ever try to take a kid to a game when it's raining and cold as shit? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've done it. I've done it a number of times. It's a cup it's, show. It's no fun. It's <laughs> so. Well, let's let's move on. Uh, you know, I, I let's talk a little bit about it. You wrote down here, Aramis Ramirez. Gonna yeah. Be also, so, yeah. Aram. I mean, uh, the uh, Hall of Fame vote. Yeah, Aram uh, retired in 2015, so now he is you know, officially eligible after the five-year wait 
to be on the Hall of Fame vote. Um, what, one thing I found interesting about it was when I looked up Ramos Ramirez Hall of Fame, I got former pirate, former brewer, uh, former Cubs. Like everybody's <laughs> writing a story about Aramis Ramirez from different team perspectives. But uh, but he did play more than half of his career with the Chicago Cubs, 11 seasons. Right, and you're he's, talking about his peak years. Yeah, yeah, and he's number six all time on the Cubs home run list. He, 20, 25 he, through 33, like those three years, you know. He always had a, a, the, that clutch gene for getting that big hit, especially the home run. He was easily one of my favorite players in the 2000s. Uh, very nice guy. Uh you know, and and, and I, I posed the question on Twitter, and a lot of people really said he's the Hall of Very Good. But here's who who I can't remember who put it, but you know they were. Ta- I, I'm sorry, I can't remember who said it, but they said you know when you talk about the Football Hall of Fame, they're not as anal about who gets in and who doesn't get in yeah. because some of these players, again, Harold Baines made yeah, the Hall of Fame. Say, Harold Baines can make the Hall of Fame. Aramis Ramirez, but what I, but, but the only reason he did was because of the shadow commissioner and Tony yeah. Larusa got him in. But my whole point is, is mean, that uh, Reinsdorf. Reinsdorf, yes. Yeah. And so my whole point is, is that there are a lot of guys that meant a lot. Again, I'm not going to say put Ryan Terrio in the Hall of Fame, but again, what does it hurt to have Harold Baines or Ramos Ramirez or guys that people actually enjoyed and made meant a lot to the city and, and were damn good baseball players? Well, yeah. and, and here's the thing too, is like baseball seems like everybody is compared to everyone, not their position. You know what I mean? Like right. not against their own position. And there really are very few, like not a lot of third basemen get into the Hall of Fame at all anyway. Right. You know, and Aramis Ramirez, let's see, first baseman, third baseman, this list that I'm looking at, Hall of Famers by position, 17 Hall of Famers that are third baseman. I mean, it was embarrassing how long it took Ron Santo to get in. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was ridiculous. That they, it they, they are, that long. they are greatly underrepresented. And, and, and again, I, I just, you know, it, it doesn't, I think having a more inclusive Hall of Fame doesn't hurt anybody. I think sometimes they get so guarded about it that it's not about fun. And and right. you tell me one Cub fan in the two thousands that wasn't hooked on the game because of Dealey and Aramis Ramirez. Well, and he had, you know, so Aramis Ramirez, 2,303 hits. So he broke the 2000 hit barrier and 386 home runs. Now, uh, those numbers have been skewed by the late nineties, early two thousands run of performance enhancing uh, home runs and hits and stuff. But those are good numbers. Those are really good numbers. And it's, it, it makes sense to generally talk about them, but also in that run with the Cubs, he was a top 10 MVP candidate, MVP of the league. Uh, three times, 10, he was number 10 twice and number nine once he was a top 20, two other times, uh, you know, and those are MVP best player in the league for, you know, whatever, five years, do you think- 11 with the Cubs? Like you're five years where you're so good that you're in that MVP talk. I think that it makes sense to at least talk to you, talk 
about that person as a Hall of Fame candidate. Another one on the other side of town is Mark Burley. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's another guy that they're saying, yeah, no way he makes the Hall of Fame. I'm like, that guy's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, they, you're right. They are anal. They don't let a lot of guys in. It's it, it's a really kind of an old boys club, and it's a little bit opaque, almost like, you know, stone cutters or Illuminati in the way that it kind of works out, you know. Yeah. Freemasons. Freemasons. <laughs> Got there, are, there are more executives in the Hall of Fame than any position except for pitcher. <laughs> so let yeah. that let, let think that about that one for a moment. A lot of Hall of Famer persons, baseball persons, right? Like Tony La Russa, Hall of Famer. Well, uh, there's a uh, there's the Cubs signed a few uh, probably not future Hall of Famers, uh, <laughs> and uh, th- there there was a a. A flurry of signings uh, this week. Uh, Ian Miller's coming back again. If you remember his brief stint with the Cubs, uh, you we, might remember me from such games as spring training game, game four. Right. Oh no, he did. He did get into one game. He didn't get that bat. It, uh, Ian Miller did not get in that bat, but he did uh, go in there to pinch run, which is the only thing he's really, defense and pinch running is why he was even on that sixty man roster. They went out and got basically Ian, you know, the original Ian Miller, uh, Billy Hamilton, uh, instead, and they used him uh, on the team instead of Ian Miller, who they had. Um, we we interviewed him on the rant with Evan Altman and John Fralice. You know, we kind of told him that day, we're like, dude, you're a shoo-in. They had just announced a 28-man roster. We were like, you're definitely on this team, a speed guy, defense, like late-inning replacement. And he was like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm going on, you know. And then we just didn't see him. And then when they brought him out to pinch run, he didn't even run. Right. <laughs> and we're like, what the hell, man? And there like two outs in the inning already. And- <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was a two to one ball game. Like it would have made sense to run. Like the Cubs ended up winning. <laughs> like it was, it was, you really needed that, that insurance. You know, uh, we were, we were sitting out in the berm in spring training, Danny, and we were talking. Yeah. Even Miller's getting a whole bunch of starts. We're probably going to see a lot of them. And then all of a sudden it was nothing. Yeah, it was strange, but now he's back to, I guess, ride the pine again, you know, unfortunately. We'll see what their plans are. I mean, it's, um, you know. It's it's going to be interesting because right now, if you take the temperature around the room, it's Kyle Shorebrain coming back. Yeah, I know. It's because they don't want to pay whatever the seven million they think he'll get. Uh, six, seven million, I think. Yeah, is- he's doing a signing. Right. At, he's doing a signing at a famous shop here in in the Burbs called Bergies. He's doing a signing in December. So I keep telling people, get your shit done quickly because he's. I I don't see him being Not here be around. So what? he'll be in December. So if you got any autograph, go to Bergies. And <laughs> and, so, and here's the question: Is like you know you could non tender him. Somebody will pick him up for. Yeah. Less- for less than that seven million, yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. Someone's going to take a flyer on him, a left-handed yeah. power hitter. You're going to take a flyer, and yeah. And him. and the thing that's really unfortunate is because at the end of, I guess it would be twenty nineteen, he really came on strong. Everybody was say, again. I keep telling people in the second half, Kyle Schwarber's numbers were the equivalent of, of Nick yeah. Castellanos. Yeah, and and you're like, finally, this guy finally. And that's where I just don't. And again, I tell you guys, I don't know what to make of 2020 numbers. Yeah. And again, but again, they've given Kyle a lot of chances. Yeah. And so again, you can't roll the dice anymore. If you're financially constrained, you can't roll the dice on that one more year. It just, you can't, you've given it. And if he has success elsewhere, 
you tip your cap to him and damn wish it could have been here, but it didn't. And you were given every opportunity. Well, Kyle Schwarber's a, he he's a Chicago hero for the rest of his life, no matter where he goes or what he does, just because of his story in 2015. And then the absolute miracle of 2016 coming back and hitting 400 in the world series when people thought maybe, you know, like we would never see him until the following year. And even then he might be in triple a the whole year rehabbing. I mean, he was a catcher. He was a catcher with a broken leg. Like we did not know what was going to happen. He was a catcher with no tendons in his knee. Right. I mean, that was unreal. And, and I don't know. I always kind of want to look back and say to myself, you know, I know Ben Zobris was the MVP, but could you make the argument for somebody else, including, I know Kyle Schwarber didn't play really at Wrigley, uh, but boy, you know, do they win the World Series without Schwarber? Yeah, well, Rizzo, I mean, if you look at Rizzo's numbers in that uh, in those playoffs and World Series, he easily could have been the... There's there's the a lot of guys there. you could have made so the good. argument for, you know? Yep. And, and Well, and, and it's tough because, you know, the Cubs, quite frankly, they, do, they don't have... They've got a great infield. They really do, yep. but they do not have a, a lot of depth in the outfield at all. You know, they got Ian Happ, who was basically a platoon guy until last year, and then they finally got rid of Al Mora, who I think also might not be part of the team. Oh, the- no, he's uh, – Don Cunningham even posted that a few minutes ago that Al Mora's gone. Yeah, I, I think that's right, but, like, that's just it. Like, for who? Like, you need an outfield. You got Jason Hayward. You got Hap. You you you, you can find a cheaper glove guy than what Elmora's going to command. That's oh, yeah. not, that's no, not no, difficult. No doubt about it. You non-tender him. Uh, you know, they already had sent him down last year. And know. I'm going to need Don to get Albert Elmore's autograph for me because I can't do it face to face. Well, and, I need and, somebody. He'll recognize you, dude. Like, and just because you non-tender him, I mean, you non-tender the guy. Uh, somebody has to pick him up. Right. Nobody picks him up. You know, then he'll come back. He'll it's come what back they, it's and what go they did with uh, it's what Des they did with, for a bit. They, it's what they did with Brandon Morrow last year. They took a flyer. Yeah. yeah. Didn't cost you much. So, yeah, but he might be more of Theo's guy than he is Jed's guy, right? Maybe yeah, Theo's I, been I keeping him around right. because Theo was very high on him. He early was the, on. he was the first draft pick of Theo's regime. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, right. And and Theo loved him. And now that Theo's gone, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Like I said, if you if you watch the press conference and and just kind of Theo was just you know sometimes he can be. He is transparent in a lot of ways, but sometimes he can just kind of mesmerize you with your words that you kind of forget what the question oh, was and how he answered he's it. He's so full of shit. He makes but, everybody think that he's all smart and thoughtful and stuff. He, I think he he's is. Mr. I, I, Bud, he's Mr. Buzzwords like progression is a really powerful thing. In this case, it works in our favor. Did it? I, but when, when <laughs> I when, 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 in your favor, no, it didn't. Now you're out. When I was. Uh, when I was watching the press conference and hearing kind of some, like I said, when I was talking about the regrets of some of the regrets that he has, he was dead honest on some of that stuff. And so, you know, I, 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 well, he I, was dead honest on the things that he had a full, had full control over, but he wasn't necessarily honest over what were the issues with Ricketts that were making him want to leave a year early, you know, the, that, the money issues. Yeah, I, I I really feel that he there's there's he didn't feel like he could put a good team out there. Number one and number two, I think they were firing people that he was fighting for. And imagine standing there 
in front of the guy holding the paycheck and you're saying, no, you need to, you need to keep Joe. You need to keep Bob. You need to keep Sammy. And they're like, no, man, they're, they're all, all gone. Out. And Theo's like, well, then me too. If right, then I may as well go too. I'm I'm sick yeah. of this. And again, and again, if he's not going to be able to make a difference, what's the point of sticking around? If yeah. Right. Not, he for the he, money, but he's already got forty million of the fifty that he was, you know, on his contract. You know, it's one of those things where you're looking at, and, and and for him, he's accomplished everything, and it just wasn't going to be an enjoyable year. It really, truly wasn't. And again, how much is your sanity and your happiness worth when you already have as much money? And again, all Theo has to do is say, you know what, I think I want to get back into baseball, and there'll be 20 teams lining up to give him I, I heard whatever the, he wants. I heard the Phillies are already talking to him. Oh, yeah. So um, I saw this. Uh, uh, let me Let me move on a little bit because the Cubs did sign more players. I love this story. Oh, he is that her new signing? Nope. The dude yeah. in the white shirt? <laughs> yeah. I believe he's pitching. twice. He's pitching next year. Yeah, uh, the, exactly. This for, is, for the podcast listeners, the guy in the white shirt is 953 years old. Yeah, he kind of looks like that. Uh, remember that old veteran that was, uh, what was her name, Kelly Crawl? interviewed a couple of years oh, oh right and he just went on and on and was like flirting with her being awkward dirty yeah. old man. yeah that's what that man looks like i but think no. he looks like blue from old school you're my boy blue <laughs> we got a we got a little bit of the fence leaners union back there too yeah yeah no they're they, that's they're fence leaning and this is dj snelton i would assume probably sometime in the early 2000s as a young boy and uh he tweeted out today from at dj snelton um Officially signed with the Cubs organization, having an opportunity to play for the Cubs has always been a dream of mine since I was a kid going to Wrigley Field every summer since I can remember. Thanks to Rays Baseball for an opportunity to compete this past season. So, um, you know, uh, he, he he was out there with the Rays last year. Is he from the Chicagoland area? That's what I really want to know. Yes, and guess what? Just like Jason Kipnis last year. Uh, I think we'll be hearing a lot about this if uh, this DJ Snelton from Lindenhurst, Illinois. Ooh, Lindenhurst. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. That's, Snelton, that's- Snelton is what we've been asking for. They're, the Cubs are finally a little bit late, but finally understanding that it's really good to have guys that can throw really hard, really fast, and miss bats. Yeah. And uh, what, one thing I enjoyed, I, uh, Bleacher Nation had a little article on him and they a pitching ninja had tweeted out some pitching of it. I don't know if you watched it, but the man he was flo- throwing off flat ground, which is not a good sign. After no, I don't want to hear fucking flat ground. I actually stand on stairs anytime I play catch with my children because I'm so worried about what might happen to me if I'm on flat ground. But uh, he grunted with every single pitch he threw. He was like, <laughs> like you know those tennis players, like. Bruh, bruh. Yeah. You know, he did it. So, I mean, it was loud too. Like it was noticeable situation, but he was dialing it up 97, 98, 99 hit triple digits. Um, so, you know, this guy, local boy, that's cool. Maybe he competes for a, a role in the bullpen at spring training. It seems to be what it would be. If, if you guys don't know where Lindenhurst is, it's up by all those lakes up to the, yeah, uh, it's to the North of Chicago. Yeah. yeah northwest yeah. of the city. Yeah. If, Whenever you meet those people and they're like, we're from Chicago and you're like, I'm kind yeah. of from Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that is, he's from the Wisconsin of Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, uh, you know, I'm hoping that maybe one day we bring old Ray Burris on the show 
uh, Ray, a, a good friend at Club 400, but he has a funny story about grunting that I won't share just in case we can get him on here. But he's got a classic grunting just story. in case uh, Ray's mom's watching. And in case Ray's mom's watching. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for those of you fans from the 70s, Ray Burris was kind of your everyman pitcher, you know, kind of dependable, take the ball every fifth day. Great guy. Hilarious guy. Really nice. So uh, the Cubs uh, did, did uh, pick up a couple other minor leaguers. It's kind of a depth move sort of thing. Uh, Rafael Ortega, uh, who is a 29-year-old outfielder. Almar's oh. replacement. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, a catcher, more catching depth. This is going to be um, – who's the guy that always looked at the camera? Uh, Taylor Davis. Taylor Davis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's actually it's just Taylor Davis, but he's <laughs> changed his name. Yeah, and <laughs> submitted some new tape. <laughs> yeah, it, Taylor Davis has changed his name and his age to uh, Gushu, which what a great name. G U S H U E. He's going to be kind of like a you know third fourth catcher in case things go horribly wrong. Uh, you know, we could see this guy. He's got a little bit of uh, experience. Yeah. Um, they there's an um, a right. I'm really looking forward to the next guy that you're about to say. Oh, the righty, uh, uh, Angels prospect for years, uh, a pitch lab special. Um, which uh, welcome to yeah, pitch- marked off forty cents in aisle eight. Welcome to pitch lab. Bienvenidos a pitch lab. Yeah. Um. So, uh, this guy, Jake Jewell. Perfect. What a great name. Perfect sponsorship opportunity right there the jewels yeah well he spells it with two uh, two l's if he only turned that l to the last l to an s he'd be perfect in chicago you know it's jewels jewels jake jewels uh but he's like kind of a pitch lab special you know a lot of promise and then uh this guy a lefty named jerry vasto who uh, uh brett taylor uh thinks will compete for a bullpen spot so like you know they're kind of it's it's at least interesting to see some sort of like normal. They're going to plan on playing a 162 game season. Yep, they're planning on playing a minor league season. So at this point, they're starting to do normal things that would ne- that you would need to do to necessitate that happening. So it's kind of interesting. Like you know, remember that guy that they picked up and put down uh, eight eighty three times? What was that guy's name? He ended up on the Rockies and. Edward James almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Yeah. Edward almost, um, you know, it, you know it, him like they're start. we're starting to get those stories again. And it's so refreshing to, you know, just be like, Oh yeah, they're taking a flyer on Jake Jewell. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Oh, thank God. Bullshit news. Um, little more news. Uh, we, we mentioned it before. Will Venable third Cubs, third base coach uh, is gone. It looks like he's going to the Red Sox. Uh, that's sad. Uh, I know John Baker spoke very highly of Will Venable uh, yep. and and what he brought to the team. His work with the infielders, I think, was invaluable. And, um, you know, we saw that a lot of the Cubs defense tighten up big time uh, and the base running tighten up big time uh, this last year. And I think Will had a lot to do with it. So, you know, there's certain guys that everybody knows when they leave the game, they have manager written all over them. I mean, everybody knew David Ross was going to be a manager one day. And and Will Venable was another one where, but Will Venable came from where? Stanford. 
he's a really smart guy, really smart baseball player, good communicator. So it, it was just a matter of time before he would get a job. So again, this is a bench coach and you know, that just adds to your resume and he, uh, he's obviously looking to become manager and the Cubs just hired a manager. So, you know, you want to, he's interviewed for jobs. He obviously, again, being a third base coach or a first base coach is great, but you know, you want to maybe pick up with something a little bit more on that resume. Yeah. I think that's it. And by the way, I saw you guys uh, in the comments res- responding to Kiara speak. That's my niece. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, she is 14, but you're, t- you're too young for this show. You t- turn it off. No, Kiara, that, I, I answered her question about it, about, you know, Joe Madden and David Ross. And again, I think, or David Ross is the better. Yeah, man. And I, and I, and I told her, you know, Joe, you know, Joe Madden's, you know, had a great career. David Ross's is just beginning. So I think once we see the end of it, hopefully, yeah. I think both of them will end up being having good careers. I just I just have to give a shout out to any one of our families that will watch this show and listen to us <laughs> when they don't have to. Usually yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, go get out of here for two hours. <laughs> I would say that, you know, honestly, for my family, it's just like a, it's like a, it's like sitting at the uh, kitchen table back in the days when we would sit there and argue Cubs nonstop. Mm-hmm. The only the only complaint I get is, is that I have to swear less. <laughs> and that's usually my mom telling me that. Yeah, oh, I, I try and watch it on the podcast <laughs> around the kitchen table. It's all over. So uh, we mentioned it uh, also before uh, the Braves signed Drew Smiley for $11 million. Um, they seem to be in a window right now. They, you know, they made the playoffs a couple years in a row. It hasn't worked out. Um, that's a lot of money for a guy. You know, he had a, a decent time of it. Where did he end up in Texas? Yep. Um, so, I, I mean, but that's a lot of money. I know this guy's got a lot but, of talent. But, but again, we, we, we've been through that because their talent, their core right now is so freaking young that you can afford some of the bigger ticket items and not have it kill you. It how, come, that, that hurts you four or five years later. But that's what I'm saying is how is – well, that's like a Chatwood – that's Chatwood money, you know, yeah. basically what he got. But, like, how is Drew Smiley a big name? That's what I'm wondering. Like, how how was he a big name for us? Like, I you know – I. Drew Smiley needs to write a book because the rest of the country, they get hurt and we go broke. This motherfucker's made like 15 million bucks since he got hurt and he's doing nothing but rehab. Again, though, Danny, you were you were bringing up Tony and uh, and Brandon Morrow is one of the is one of those guys that people just get so enamored with because of the stuff. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy? Yeah. You know, when Brandon Morrow was was pitching he no one's ever doubted how great of a pitcher he was just can't stay damn healthy yeah that that is the problem and that and that might be the problem with this guy but 11 million dollars is a lot to pay morrow got similar money to be the closer and it and you know he had an what a 287 era plus or something like he was incredible and then uh you know obviously we just never saw him again so um See uh, other news. Uh, oh, Cano Robinson Cano was suspended for PEDs. Yeah, cannot um, play next yeah. year. Cano cannot, and uh, uh, the Mets don't have to pay him. And you know they got that new owner. You know you're wondering right now, like, are you know is this somewhere we can maybe? I don't know yeah. what's in their farm or what we could get, but like you know maybe you throw him a Chris Bryant. Uh, you, yeah, you I know. think Cano was supposed to get like $24 million too. That How stupid. You, you know, here's the thing that people don't get is a lot more players use 
than people believe. I've been through this before. I ain't going to get fooled again. I know that they do. And so, uh, you know, people tell me, well, then how come more people don't get suspended? Because if you're, you know, the problem is, is if you go to somebody that isn't that good at what they're doing as far as performance enhancing drugs, is that if there's what's called cross-contamination, the stuff that these guys are getting nailed with, and I remember Starlin Marte from the Pirates got nailed a few years back. They're, they're getting popped for drugs that stay in your system a long time when what the majority of players are using right now is fast-acting testosterone that you take at night, and then in the morning, it's pretty much out of your system. Yeah, when you go to the aisle at the pharmacy, you don't get the regular shit. You get the shit right next to it. It says, works 20% faster. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it costs you an extra 10 bucks, but well, and, you know, you go for that stuff. I believe that was Cano's second suspension. Second suspension. Yeah, so it's uh, a full season. Full season. So I, you know, I, I think that the repercussions for the Cubs c- could exist. You know that if we're looking to sell, and you they know have, they it, have a new owner that wants to make a splash. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, let let me tell you. I mean, Javi. I will be so sad. I, I I don't even know if, how much I'll even want to watch Cubs baseball without Javier with Javier Baez on another team. Like it's it's gonna you know p- put a dagger in my heart and twist it. But uh, but I will say this: he he'd love New York. <laughs> he would have a great time out in Queens, and they'd love him as well. And he would. It's, it's a great fit of a team. Um, I w- followed the Mets a lot when I was out there. I preferred going to that ballpark than going to Yankee Stadium. Um, you know, I, I think Mets fans would embrace him, you know, it, it, you know, in the same way we do, uh, by yelling at him, swinging at, uh, you know, <laughs> by yelling at him, <laughs> by yelling at out him. of the zone. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Why would you swing at that, that ball's three feet outside? Um, yeah, I, but I, it, it'd be similar. I think, I think they'd really enjoy him. I think he'd enjoy New York. I could see that being a destination, um, and with the owner looking to make a splash, but either way, what a fucking dummy, uh, Cano. It sucks that people cheat, but I understand 162 games is not a lot to is not easy to get through. The pressure is immense. Um, you know, I, I've often wondered, like, in some ways, why PEDs are illegal. And so what- I, I like to tell this story. Um, in CubsCon, one of the funniest guys, two guys that you'd like to see, like a real Abbott and Costello act. Used to be both of them have passed away now, but Glenn Beckert and Ron Santo, they were uh, roommates in the 1960s, and they were just hilarious together. You would just be on the ground laughing so hard. But Beckert tells this story about Santo and his diabetes. Uh, Ron Santo had diabetes, we all know that, but he tried to keep it secret. He was scared if someone found out he had this disease, which at the time a lot of people really didn't understand as well that if he got, if people found out that he wouldn't get contracts, you know how cheap the owners oh, were they, back they, then. And, he, the, and back then there were no real protections. They would just cut him straight out. Right. And so he was scared to death about it. And so one time he was going to put insulin into his ass, you, you know, a shot of insulin right in his ass. And he must've forgot to lock the door or something. So Becker opens the door and there's Santo with a syringe in his ass. And Santo gets all freaked out. And, and Beckert goes, Beckert tells, when Becker told the story, he says, look, I'm hitting about 180. Santo's hitting 290 at the time. And I'm like, Rumi, what the hell are you taking? Don't hold out on me. <laughs> so, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, give me some of what you got, dude. So this is, you know, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. You know, they're, they're, 
you know, we like to think of, oh, in the old days, they used to have greenies just sitting in the, the, the oh, lockers. Oh, a bucket. A bucket of greenies yeah, right yeah. there. And they would just take – and if you don't know, green, greenies are speed. Like, oh, they yeah, were just yeah, fucking yeah. whacked out of their minds well, all the I'll, time. I'll tell you this much. You know, I did Broadway shows for years. And uh, one of the things I used to like to take was ephedra, which is yeah, – uh, Yeah, ephedrine, yeah. Um, which that got banned from baseball and actually was made illegal for a while. It's back legal – um, it was after an angels pitcher. I forget the guy's name, but he took like 50 of these things. Like, they, <laughs> you know, back in the nineties, uh, you know, when I was coming up, uh, uh, they, they were called truck stop pills, mini yeah. thins. If you remember those mini things, mini thins, thins. white crosses. Yeah. Yeah, I had a few of them. yeah, yeah, exactly. Back in our day. And the, the, you know, you kids out there, you know, you don't know, you don't know how we used to party, but we, is Kiara still on? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They, well, she can't get them. They don't, they don't have them anymore, but, but we used to. <laughs> because people have died. Because people died. Yeah. But this dude took 50. I would take one and do the show. You know, it was great. It was a bronchodilator. As you, if you're a singer, it opens up your lungs. You can hit, uh, you know, longer notes. And, uh, you know, it, you know, it, we used to call it the poor man's cocaine. Cause it was about, you know, a quarter a pill, you know, like yeah. that you could get it for. It was great. Um, but you know, that is the history of baseball. You've got, uh, what's his name? Uh, pitching on acid LSD, LSD doc, uh, doc, uh Ellis LSD, yeah. and, um, you know, but uppers downers. I mean, it was literally like Judy Garland's movie career in oh. baseball for like the next 50 years. You know, Do you when, remember, uh, when we his- were, Oh, I was going to say my wife used to, Phil, she's a, my wife's a pharmacist and she used to fill. She'd never tell me who it was or whatever, but she's like, it's a baseball player. And she filled prescriptions for him from the doctor. These are not truck stop bullshits. Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. He got, he got the right prescriptions or whatever. And he wasn't a Colorado player. It was okay. the guy they, they sent it out for him, but she was just like, she could not believe the, uh, the speed that he was on. And then the downers that he was also prescribed because there's no way for him to go to sleep. Yeah. Otherwise you're just up all night. You know, like every time I get like a skin rash, like I'm, I'm a redheaded kind of guy. So like any skin thing that can happen will happen to me. So I've been on, uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, steroids a few times, (laughs) you know, and it's crazy. It's not fun because you're like laying in bed, like, maybe I'll do a second one more text, read, read more, one more article or stuff, something. It's not fun. You need something to come off, whether it be alcohol or weed or whatever it would be, you know, something to, to like, uh, you know, put it the other way, but, uh, no. And that's the problem with these uppers is you need the downer to get through it and they're still doing it. They've always been doing it. They will try to make it so you don't see that they did it. Um, but they're doing it. Um, right. Again, what happened in the late nineties was just absolute, like literally horse yeah. steroids free. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that guy should just got out of control. It's like, like you know, we saw a guy like Sammy Sosa, skinny little kid. All of a sudden he's what was it? Barry Bonds growing three hat sizes. Oh, <laughs> well, speaking of substances, uh, Tony LaRusso <laughs> with some news <laughs> this week. Uh, <laughs> Wait, a file photo here. Of Hold on. He's- lack of teeth. Is that Crawley's hand again? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was gonna I was gonna try to get Tony back on the show today, but you know, you know, he's 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 on the wrong cocktail right now. And I'd um anyway, Tony he for the time being got off 
but it looks like this was just a procedural move. Right. Um, you know, Tony went up there, told the cop when he was all drunk after a bo- drinking a bottle of wine uh, in Arizona. He said, do you see my ring? I'm a baseball Hall of Famer person. Right. I'm a bit. I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. Well, apparently after that, and maybe this is how the cop did him a solid, he filed the case in the wrong court, which seems like something. It's it's, it's a procedural thing, and it's not that hard to refile it. It's not like, oh, my God, what did you do? It's, it's will they? Right, um, but it, it really does sound like what Danny was saying. Like this guy was trying to uh, – do him a solid by filing it in the wrong place because who does that? How do you yeah. do that? I mean, oh, it's it's so, nobody's ever filed bullshit for me in a wrong fucking place, and if they I, did, nobody told anybody. What? No, what I'm what I'm telling you is that the cop probably made a stupid mistake, in my opinion. I I've, I, I, I agree. I, I agree, Crawley. That's the, one time I got uh, popped for passing a school bus. Um. And uh, it, which had its uh, stop sign out. It was it was kind of BS because like you know the guy stopped because short. all the kids were going the other direction. Yeah, he's like, no, nah, they're getting off that side. I'm on this side. You know, it's a one way street, <laughs> douche. You know, this was in New York City, like somewhere in the middle of Manhattan. I, I passed this school bus. I passed it as its stop sign started coming out. You know what I mean? So right. like you know, it wasn't it, it wasn't egregious, but the guy pulled me over anyway. Well, uh, the the cop said the wrong thing at the court. I showed up to try to fight it be like, you know what? That was BS. Uh, the cop said he forgot to say that the lights were flashing, you know, that right. There's little technicalities. There's little technicalities. And so that I think it was something like that. So, it, you know, I was the last case of the day. I had to wait through all these taxi drivers getting yelled at, you know, by this New York city judge in this like, you know, little room. And then, uh, you know, at the end of it, the, I was about to leave and I was like, cause I didn't know what happened. He, cause the judge just goes case dismissed. And I was like, yeah. And then he's like, uh, so I was like leaving, I'm sweating. And, uh, the, the judge says, uh, so you know why I had to dismiss that case? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't care. Just I want to get out of here. Right. So uh, I used to have a job where I would be in, in the courtrooms a lot. And there. And so here's the thing. You have the, the district attorney and then you have the judge and all the, and the cops that the, whoever wrote them up, up the tickets, blah, blah. It's so routine. You don't understand how boring it is for these guys. So it's just like, if you go to a, like a traffic court and you plead guilty, the judge will usually be pretty cool about it. They'll give you whatever, fine, blah, blah. But if you say it's not guilty and you don't know what the fuck you're doing, you don't have a lawyer, they will ream your ass. They'll double the fines. I'll do this and that, this and that. So what they do is they go through everybody that's guilty. If you say not guilty, they put your case to the side and pick it up at the end. All right. And so what ends up happening this one time is it, w- it was an older Chinese gentleman. And the judge says, you know, you've been charged for illegal U-turn. Well, how do you plead? Do you plead guilty? He goes, no, no, not me, not me. And the judge says, you don't plead guilty? He says, no, not me, not me. And the judge says, you need a translator. Guy says, no, no, not me, not me. And she goes, okay, are you saying guilty or not guilty? The guy goes, not me. He goes, the judge is pissed now. She's like, wait over there. We'll get to you at the end. So now she's taking it as a not guilty plea. So all of a sudden, you know, now now the, the district attorney comes up with the paperwork that the cop gives them. The cop's there to witness. Everybody has to sign in. He swear to the whole truth, da, da, da. So all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 the lawyer just reads off this thing. Did you, were you uh, on duty this day? Yes. Did you witness this man in this car? Did you witness this man right here making illegal U-turn in this car? Yes. Da, da. Goes through the whole spiel, right? So now it's time this Chinese old Chinese guy's turn to defend himself. 
And, and all of a sudden he comes up and she goes, so what do you have to say? He goes, ticket, not mine. My son's he in college. Well, the, 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 the cop already said, yeah, I saw him. It was him. He's the one that did the illegal U-turn. He didn't know. He couldn't point pick, picture out who he gave that ticket to that day. Uh, so this was some dad that was coming just to pay the fine. And now because the cop said, I saw him make the illegal U-turn, the, the whole case was dropped. Here. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That's exactly yeah, because happened. our justice system is all about justice. We love how <laughs> that all works. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyways, Larusa could get off. So congratulations, Tony, on your new White Sox job and uh, getting off. It looks off. like he's just he, he's just receiving a happy ending of some kind there. Yeah, Tony Larusa, Or he's a, offering yeah. a happy ending. I yeah. took my teeth out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Heard it better without the teeth. Um, so uh, a, f- a few announcements before we finish off. I know we're two hours, well over two hours into the show. Um, next Wednesday, we're going to do something a little different. We, we've been kind of texting back and forth amongst us, but it's the day before Thanksgiving. So we figured we're just going to play Jackbox. Uh, we're going to get some Cubs heavyweights on here. I've already reached out to a few people. I'm going to reach out to a few more, uh, Andy and, uh, Sarah from a cup of cubby blue. They'll, they'll probably come on at some point. Uh, Brad, uh, Zebung from the, the heckler is going to come on. Joe Kilgallen, very funny comedian. Now, Danny, you sat there and you got a bunch of ringers. This is like the Simpsons softball episode, man. It is. How it am is. I supposed to win Jackbox when you got guys like Brad from The Heckler, who's been writing the funniest shit a for the last 20 people. years, Joe, stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Man, this is Sarah yeah. and Andy. This is going to be fucking hard. Yeah, exactly. And and I fig- figure we're going to make it Cubs related. I'm going to try to figure out a way. We'll probably have to do it on Zoom because there'll be too many people to do it on this. But uh, th- at some point, I'm going to try to figure out how do I can broadcast this to everybody. So in lieu of doing a uh, a a. a Cubs podcast next week. We're going to play Jackbox, so there will be no episode to speak of as far as the podcast goes. Uh, enjoy your holidays, but we've, you know. As you know, the day the day before Thanksgiving is always it, the day you go the to the bars. Yeah, we're going to parties. Play. We're going to get drunk, and then we're going to wake up to the next day, eat turkey, and then just pass out. That's it. So yeah. we're going to have fun. Crawley's living in uh, some other time, not 2020 somehow. <laughs> what? You don't, I, I have plenty of beer in my house and I yeah, got a TV yeah. and a couch. I, mean, I, I don't yeah. need that much. It's I, just Crawley, a 12 pack, and Facebook. Look, yeah, I'm hanging not, out with all my friends. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what it did. That's what that's 2020, baby. Um, the, the other announcement I have is uh, that, uh, you know, Cubs COVID Christmas caroling. I really don't know what to do about this. I'll be honest about it. It's, in, you know, the one thing they say do not do is sing together you know like there have been cases in which super spreader events have happened outdoors from choirs you know like this is well documented situation you know you're singing i talked to john vincent if you don't believe me as a singer listen to john vincent who can hit a note and hold it longer than anybody he looked it all up too he won't sing either we did gigs on the rooftop this year i I, so i don't know what i'm going to do about the cubs covid christmas caroling well the part of the fun of it if you've been at it before is that we just bust into these bars that are completely unsuspecting. And they're all closed. 
and we would sit there and yell, Hey, we got some carols. And then everyone would, they turn the music off and everyone would just look at us. And then we'd start singing three, two or three songs. Everyone would whip out their phones. Everyone would get a good laugh. We'd say bye-bye and that would be it. We'd go to the next bar. And that was part of the fun of it too. You That's know what I mean? Caroling. That's what caroling is. You walk around and you sing and you, you for random people you don't know. And uh, unfortunately, it, it just seems like the worst idea and an impossibility to do what we did before. However, I would like to have a Cubs Carol concert in front of Wrigley Field, socially distanced, get some ringers in there. If you are interested in being a part of this, I'm thinking of December 5th as the day. Maybe even do a couple different uh, times and go out there because it, in December in Chicago, we got to do a weather permitting kind of situation, you know, especially with everything being closed where we can't duck into a bar if it starts sleeting on us. So um, we just want to keep everybody safe. as much We want to keep everybody safe, but I still want to do the Cubs Christmas carols uh, because I think it's a lot of fun. So we're going to try to do some concerts and pipe them into the right places. Uh, I will have a document of all the songs for this year that I'm going to share and that we could sing. Maybe we could have a sing along. You guys can send uh, you, you singing some of the songs and I don't know how we're going to do it. We're just going to put it together little by little, but either way, we're going to do something. I'm thinking of December 5th. If you would like to be a part of whatever this is and you live in the Chicagoland area, I don't want anybody traveling. Uh, you know, please reach out to me. Sun, uh, you know, sunranto at Gmail and we'll talk all about it. Um, the, uh, but we're also having the the contest where you can uh, write your own Cubs Christmas uh, Carol and get it in soon. We got only a couple weeks uh, before that December 5th date hits and we're into the holiday season. So write some Cubs Christmas Carols. There will be prizes of Matt Cameron art. So like, check this stuff out. Ernie Banks. Oh, that's beautiful. the one I got that one. Yeah. Ernie Banks. That's going to be one of the prizes. This beautiful Javier Baez that uh, Matt Cameron made. And uh, also uh, this uh, uh, Eddie Vedder over the his map of Chicago. So there's going to be great prizes. So uh, start submitting. I submitted a song this last week um, for consideration. Maybe I will win one of the prizes. No, I'm not eligible. Um, the last thing I wanted to say is that, you know, Black Friday is coming up. And, uh, you know, one of the ways, uh, if you're not a Patreon supporter, you should be, it's only a dollar a month. You could pay for it all at once where you just put in 12 bucks. Uh, but let, let me show you this. This is sunranto.com slash shopping. Okay. Uh, we have a bunch of affiliates that we work with. Uh, all you have to do is click on any of these links. There's Amazon, MLB shop, NFL, uh, NBA. Look at, look over to the right. Vibrators and condoms. condoms, dildos condoms uh if wine of the month beer of the month reebok lids nhl shop stub hub be uh audible uh, i'm an audible subscriber myself they have great audio books on there so i've been learning spanish with a lot of their spanish books and a sports memorabilia stub hub when we get back in the ballpark next year so please uh use our links when you start shopping for people this year uh, especially the Amazon link. I know uh, a lot of people shop on Amazon. If you're going to buy, it doesn't cost you an extra dime, gives us a little kickback, helps us with tickets and beer. You know, shit, guys, we spent a thousand dollars to go to a playoff game this year, which is, <laughs> this is the most any of us have ever spent to go to a playoff game, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe. yeah. Uh, so TFCs, what are we doing? Who's got I, some? I got none. I, I, I yeah, blew my done. TFC wad on a Theo show. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a couple. So uh, <laughs> this, this one comes from Bleacher Nation's, uh, you know, the comment section, which never read the comments unless it's about Tony LaRusso's DUI, <laughs> in which case definitely read the comments. Um, uh, a, a user with a bunch of numbers writes, if I ever got a DUI, hopefully not. No matter what the charges would never be dropped. However, for Larusa, they're dropped. Life fucking sucks. And then Spriggs replies to Mr. Numbers and says, after you get pulled over, just chug the rest of the bottle right in front of the cops. Then you can say you weren't drunk while you were driving. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking brilliant. I'm going to keep a bottle of Malort. Because that's what it's got to be in Chicago. Because you'll get extra points from the cops for drinking the Malort in front of them. Well, actually, if you down a bottle of Malort, you're going to the hospital instead of jail. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But what costs more? I have insurance for the hospital. I don't have insurance for jail. True. Uh, All right. And my last- Jail insurance. Oh, Danny. I think you just nailed it. Like, we need to start some jail insurance bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, we could start selling it to Tony LaRusa. <laughs> he doesn't need it, apparently. He just knows a guy. So uh, Pete Ricketts had quite a week. He's in quarantine. Uh, one of the Cubs owners, he's in quarantine because um, he was not wearing a mask uh, when while hanging out at a sports bar in Omaha, Nebraska. Now, meanwhile, this guy's been doing daily COVID briefings, as the governor of Illinois has been doing, and probably Iowa, too. Uh, but, uh, you know, Pete's out there every day and he's the, you know, Hey, support your local restaurants you know, do this and that and wear a mask and blah, blah, blah. But it's what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. Um, the check out, there was a server at a local sports bar that, uh, yeah, tweeted out a video of Pete Ricketts. So let me, let me play it real quick. <laughs> hey, Pete. Hey, Pete. Where's your mask? Where's your mask, Pete? What are you doing, Pete? We're in a pandemic, Pete. <laughs> Give me that. Pete Rick is out here in fucking DJ's dugout. <laughs> Dude, she's wearing her mask all fucked up too, man. That drives me nuts. Yeah, well, DJ's DJ's dugout is where Pete Pete was uh, glad handing with his uh, constituents. But and if uh, they're not calling him pandemic Pete, somebody's getting fired. <laughs> COVID Kim, uh, and, uh, well, you'd have to spell COVID with a K then at that point or, or Kim with a C. Um, a I think she C. spells it with three K's. Hey, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 hey. so uh tiny house tweeted out, uh, you know, where's your mask, Pete? This one is for, and tiny house is actually raising money for, uh, this server, uh, because, uh, the single mom, who you just heard from that tweeted out this video lost her job of two years when she posted a video of fringe anti-science governor Pete Ricketts hugging old women and babies maskless at DJ's dugout on election night. We've donated to her Venmo, which is by the way, at queen keys, K E E Z queen keys in case you want to help her out because uh, speaking truth to power in a pandemic takes courage and servers shouldn't have to risk their lives to keep a job. So come grab this strawberry vanilla hard seltzer. Good. This is a, now an advertisement for tiny house, which is obviously another bar that is still open 
thanks to Pete Ricketts. So, uh, you know, th- there's your Cubs owners right now. Uh, Pete Ricketts, total douchebag, looks like a human penis. And I would like to thank uh, Mr. Dan Nielsen, friend of the podcast, great musician, uh, for sending me all he lives in he lives in Omaha, Nebraska, and he's been you know pretty much on all the Pete Ricketts news <laughs> thus far because he knows I love to take the piss out of Pete Ricketts. Old man Dan, <laughs> yeah, old man Dan on uh, old man Dan double zero, I believe on Twitter. Correct, yes, right. So, so I, I guess uh, that's it. Are that's you sure? It. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> to, to, I, mean, I, I got another half hour, forty minutes if we can. Do I it. took a bunch of ephedrine. I'm good for the rest of the night. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but and uh, I saw that Dawn uh, was really excited by me saying that ephedra was uh, legal again. She said, did you say ephedra is legal again? Unfortunately, I don't think ephedra is because that's the herbal form of it, which I used to buy from GNC, actually. Uh, but you got it from GNC. It's healthy. Yeah. But ephedrine, the synthesized version of it, not the herbal form is legal and they sell it within primatine mist tablets uh, Hmm. which uh, are tiny yellow pills which i refer to as little yellows which uh got me through uh 2016 and uh and then some until i realized that uh it was bad for me and i should not do it anymore because i'm old so because in 2017 you're like you know i should sleep this year you know what? I have taken 17 shits today. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> I should, maybe I should chill. So uh, there's our show. There's the Sunranto show. Uh, thank you very much to Gordon Wittmeyer for coming on. Uh, and uh, that dude rocks. And thanks to you guys for being here. We'll see you next Wednesday where you can watch us play fun Cubs Jackbox games. And that should be a good time. Uh, look for this show in podcast form uh, on our regular iTunes feed, also on our Patreon feed. If you want to get in on that, it's ad-free. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. And uh, I guess, uh, what, what should I go out with? I, I, we got to still do Theo, right? We'll do yep. the Theo song. Still okay. got to do Theo. So, Spagog, everybody. Spagog! 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 Theo! Theo! Really sucks, he's leaving Chicago. The I say 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 the Really sucks, he's leaving Chicago. We are good when he runs the Cubs. Really sucks, he's leaving Chicago. Now we're just like other baseball clubs. Really sucks, he's leaving Chicago. Back in 2016, he made us the champions. Really sucks, he's leaving Chicago. Rick Gitz is out of cash, so Theo is packing. Really sucks, he's leaving Chicago. The payroll's gonna have budget cuts. Really sucks, he's leaving Chicago. So Tom Ricketts saves a couple bucks. Really sucks, he's leaving Chicago. Theo, Theo. Really sucks, he's leaving Chicago. The I say the, 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 oh.
Really sucks he's leaving Chicago. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 
I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.